Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. With Dara. Dustin Fraser. You know, when I was a kid, you just had to worry about getting the Switch. Now, are you telling me they got to worry about getting thrown out of cars? Really? Got to worry about everything nowadays. Until the end of days, which is what this essentially has become. The dark way to open, right? <laughs> Thank you for the host there, Cola. Yeah, so welcome back, everybody. A double host. Look at that. See, I remember to turn them on. Usually, I don't have them on by this point, but I figure I don't care. It's not going to interrupt anything important. So welcome back, guys. I know most of you were here last night, so thank you for tolerating a second night this week with us when we talk about what happened uh, in the week of wrestling. Thanks for the hype points over there, as they're called in the Mixer Universe. The Sparks. Thanks for the third host. Sugar Shane, Sugar, Sugar Shane, Six Slayer, and Kula Ice. Yeah, thank you for those hosts there. So, we used to have the triple combo, like the uh, the Killer Instinct ones. I gotta put that board back up again. I would have given them a triple combo. So, how you doing? You you all wrestled out yet? Uh, I mean, kinda, sorta, maybe a little. Eh. I mean, the pay-per-view is shorter, at least, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's because the pay-per-view is shorter, and it's not as bad as it usually is. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. They're going to be going in that direction from now on, by the way. We're here until things go back to some sort of normality. They're just going to be shooting for shorter pay-per-views. So, so that means WrestleMania is only going to be 10 hours next year. No, I'm kidding. Next year, imagine. <laughs> I think that would be very telling. Like if things, if we were still, if the situation remained the same by next year, <laughs> can you imagine uh, that? I don't even want to think about it. So where are we going to go first in all this wrestling news in front of me? And don't even think about it. I can't start with him. No. Oh no. Oh, I at least wait till I, the kids no. go to bed for certain things here. I like to warm the room before we get into any dark right. shit. Well, I mean, have you gotten a chance to check out the, uh, Undertaker Last Ride Network special yet? Chapter one? I've seen a little. I've seen it here and there when I was doing other stuff. I, I got a general idea of it and just him talking yeah, about it. Yeah, I actually uh, wound up watching the whole thing earlier today when I got off work. What do you think of it? Loving it. Um, it's so cool to just see Mark Calloway. You don't see The Undertaker virtually when they're like running through like highlights and stuff like that. Um an interesting thing, one of the interesting things they pointed out was they were showing, I think it was before the Roman match, because this whole chapter basically revolves around the fact that Roman was supposed to be it. Like, it was supposed to be done after that match. It's funny just seeing them laugh and joke around with everybody. He um he tells a really funny story with uh, Kurt Angle. I think it was one of the first times he worked with Kurt. He went to pull a punch, and I guess Kurt made this really funny-looking face. And literally up until Kurt, even in, up until when Kurt was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, still ribs him about that one to this day. Wow. It's it, it, it's literally Kurt's version of the page face. It's that funny. When you watch it, you'll see the face. It's amazing. But <laughs> it's just funny to see that like that one rib has been going over this long. But um, it's interesting because it kind of clarified one of the theories I had about why he's still here. It's one of those things where 
I guess the match has to feel right for him. He doesn't want to go out on a bad match, in a sense. But it's also, and a lot of people like Edge and uh, Shawn Michaels have said, the hard part about retiring is you don't want to do it too soon, but you don't want to do it too late. So it seems like he's having a hard time timing it out for when he's not going to have any regret afterwards. Right. But you know what? At the same time, one problem created the other one. Because of the fact that he didn't know when to properly retire, now... As a result, he's having a difficulty in finding an ideal match and place to do it. And the reason yeah, that, that unfortunately, cool. is because of problem number one. He didn't know when to retire. I could name a whole bunch. I'm glad we had Undertaker matches as long as we did. But I could name a whole bunch of retirement matches that would have been the end of the story. And that would have been great. And I get it. In the, yeah. in the tradition of the business, you want to go out on your back, put somebody else over. But if we weren't following the traditional rules... Any of the two Shawn Michaels matches, the three Triple H, well, I wouldn't say the three, not the American Baddest, but the last two Triple H matches yeah. that literally were marketed as end of an era. Yeah. You know what I mean? With the fucking memories remain and the, <laughs> and the, yeah, pretty cake. much. And it was like, and it wasn't the end of shit. They kept going after that. So yeah. it, there were a lot of points where you could end. And as much as people didn't like it and they're salty about it, the Brock Lesnar one was an ending where it was yeah. like, all right, now you ended the streak. And he lost and this sucks and everything. But that would have made more sense than for it to yeah. not like that is even weirder to me that that, that it kept yeah. going afterwards. You know, and I just kind of it's, feels like we're in overtime. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because uh, he talked about that match as well. One being, and I think we might have even heard him say this before. Taker literally said, if you ask him about that entire day, once you hit past 330 in the afternoon, it's all a blank. He doesn't remember that match at all. He doesn't remember when the concussion happened. They even said um, when he collapsed in the back, what actually happened was he was sitting on a stairwell right outside a gorilla position. And one of the medics mentioned that he was smiling. And literally it was that the concussion was so severe. The man had literally no clue where he is. When uh, they went to the hospital, Michelle McCool mentions that there was an SUV right behind him. And keep in mind, WrestleMania is still going on. Who pops out of the end of uh, the, um, the, the SUV? Vincent Brock. Because they basically went to make sure he was okay. Um, he th- They asked him what his name was. And Michelle kind of joked about it a little bit because they, they can joke about it now. But he leans over and he goes, babe, what's my name? So like this man literally has no idea where he is, who he was, or anything like that. But he did say that after that match, it pretty much bruised his confidence. Like, it almost completely wiped his confidence out. So, he mentions the fact that, in a sense, the Bray Wyatt match that he had the next year kind of reminded him that he was the Undertaker again. He even mentioned that Triple H came to him right before he went out right before um, he went out for the match and basically said, remember who the fuck you are. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting, the match that basically was like, why is Bray getting this match? It kind of was almost meant to... Um, to meant to kind of bring him back to who he used to be. Yeah, we because know that who he is. He's someone who had too many severely. fucking matches, though, a long time ago. I don't even yeah. remember who you. He's someone who had too many fucking matches, no matter how they try to frame. I mean, like I remember the Undertaker, like, or like who he used to be. Like, I love the Undertaker. Don't get me wrong, but who he is is someone yeah. who had too many fucking matches. No one wants to look yeah. at that side of it. Way too many. That's why he was concussed there, and he he got so fucked up. You know, and Brock dumped him on his head seventy-two times. But I mean, yeah, but <laughs> it, it was like, uh, it was, but overall, like, it was a really good first chapter. Um, 
going into the next chapter, it looks like what they're going to talk about is basically why he didn't stop after Roman because apparently he watched the match back. It's just something about it he didn't like. Oh, that's a nice but um, spark there, Undertaker take a spark. Look at that. Yeah, but it's definitely amazing series. I can't wait for them to watch the rest of it. It's really cool to see like everything that um that he's <laughs> been going through. You're right. Shane. Everything he's been, in, he's been in the ring with freaking Jimmy Snuka at one mm-hmm. point. Thanks for the sparks, he meant. But he's been in the in the ring with uh, Jimmy Snooker at one point. It, it's like at at some point, enough is enough. So you feel bad yeah, when you see that right. happening. But at the point where they were telling him, remember who he is, he shouldn't have been remembering who he was. There are a lot of people that no, were the see, same age that don't remember who they are by that point. Literally, no, see, what I'm saying is like the reason they said that is because apparently, I guess. The fact that he got so I, I like I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying I'm definitely disagreeing with you hands down, but it's the fact that I think he'd never been that hurt, and the fact that he couldn't remember the whole day bothered him. But I mean, yeah, obviously that comes from the fact that I mean, for God's sake, he should have just been stopped he's, a while ago. He's had too but many matches. I, I, I guess they I guess they they treated it like they treated anybody else, but it's to the point. And, and actually, Edge even made um I think it was either Edge or Shawn Michaels made an interesting point. With the legacy the Undertaker's careers had, and I guess this is how they see it in the business, do you tell him or do you let him call his own shot? Because that's the trick. But but Taker had, the way he was talking about it, you can tell he knows he doesn't have much left in him. That's the interesting thing I'm seeing. Like, everybody thinks he's just going in blind, just like, hey, I could go all day. Like, no. The one positive that I'm taking, the one positive that I'm taking away from the entire thing is that at least WWE... In a way, and I guess it's being conveniently produced by them, but they have less accountability. At least the way it's being portrayed in this documentary, they have less accountability for, for the decision for him to keep wrestling. I'm not saying that's not 100% true, but we, we've always talked about it as how WWE keeps getting him. Like literally, like they go and knock on his door, you know, like they send somebody there and a limo who goes up and knocks the door and he's like chopping wood in the back, you know, living like yeah. his... You know, like that old hero life storyline that they've yeah. done, and they're calling him back into service. We, everyone's always had that portrayal. Like this guy, they don't leave him alone. He's just sitting by the fireplace and shit. And then they just, Vince just rolls up on him. That's how everyone always visualizes. Like they won't leave the man alone. <laughs> so the one good hey, thing, pal, if anything, yeah. that came out of this is at least the documentary sort of shows that he himself, to some extent, wanted to be there not just that they kept going and getting the guy and he just came right. and every time i try to leave they pull me back into the business like this is the mafia you know he clearly like, wants no, to it, be yeah there, it's it's definitely which, not a hundred percent them which i wasn't ever a hundred percent sure of because it felt to me after a while like jesus <laughs> you know like when yeah. you come on like, are you guys really like really you went and got the undertaker but no i guess the guy he he very much wants to be involved and he's involved as much as he wants to be which that wasn't that was always another uh, perception, but it's, so it's cool to to kind of hear. Now, it always, it's always bring... kind of felt to me, and I don't know if he direct he didn't really directly say it, say it, but he almost kind of implied, like kind of like I went said before. It seems like he wants as many generations to experience the Undertaker as possible, but but you that... still don't, but he still he still doesn't want to push it too but, far. But you see that then that brings into that original question from the documentary, like. Would you, if you're, you know, if you're one of his people, do you tell him to go out on his own? You let him go out his own or do you tell him? Um, yeah, that's a tough, that's a really a tough spot to be in in the wrestling business, especially with his. And I think they're looking at it more as well. Like with his career, is it even right to tell him like, OK, you're done? The problem is that hindsight is twenty twenty, And my answer to that question is it's not a matter of 
in this current time that we're in, if you knew the Undertaker, would you let him go out on his own? Or would you tell him he should stop? It's more like back then they should have fucking told him. Yeah. And they didn't. So now the question's more difficult because we don't know because the run's been shit and we don't want that. He doesn't want that. Nobody wants that. But it wasn't always that way. That's what yeah. I mean. There was, there were great matches. There were cool things that happened and he could, and he could have went out like Shawn Michaels almost went out with the picture perfect career. Almost if it wasn't for Saudi Arabia, he went exactly. out. He had a perfect. It was amazing. Think about the Shawn Michaels story. You could write a movie about that shit. I'm amazing. Somebody has somebody hasn't. Two of them. You know, he was like an <laughs> underdog tag team guy who then broke out of the tag team and rose to the top and shit and became like a champion. Had problems and then eventually left the business for four years. When you look at Shawn Michaels as well as he know what what years did he leave the business for? Pretty much the end of '97 and then the four years leading past that. Right? You know what that is? Yep. To to people to wrestling people. That's just four years of the business. To us, that was the fucking entire attitude era. That man missed an era that he kind of pioneered with the DX stuff. Because right when it started to blow up and open end and everyone was saying vulgar shit on TV and Austin just became champ and everything, he was gone. And by the time he returned, that entire era had had already passed. We already had the invasion. You know, so that man missed a big chunk of wrestling history, but nonetheless came back. And in his second run, he made it all about him. And left on top, like what a great match at the end with ironically the Undertaker, who who ended his career, and it was all cool. I don't count that Saudi Arabia shit as awful. No, that's not happened. That match has never happened. Shawn Michaels has not wrestled since that match. But when you look at it, that's a smart way to go out. He went out dramatically. Even Ric Flair had yeah. a had a better retirement. I mean, yeah, he went on to TNA, but if you're counting the WWE lore, even Ric Flair, look at how great that retirement was. That's awesome. No one ever yeah. looks at how sad it is that he's no longer wrestling. They just look at how great his career was. And then on top of that, the key thing as well, that was a call by both Sean and Flair. They were like, all right, that's it. I'm done. They no, nah, it wasn't a call by Flair call because that that's the reason Flair went to TNA because well, he wanted to be retired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I keep yeah. forgetting that Flair didn't call that shot. Vincent, Vincent <laughs> notorious at retiring people. Remember the whole reason why he, he retired Hogan. He sort of made WCW. He retired Hogan because he felt he was too old. He retired uh, Macho to commentary. Savage, yeah. You know, he would just sometimes when he felt people were old, he'd be like, you know what? You're retired now. Yes, yeah, yeah. In Sean's case, Sean was like, all right, that's it for me. But they, re- they retired Flair and he went and made fortune in DNA. He was like, I'm not retired. Woo! And he I'm kept wrestling. Fucking, I'm wrestling Jay Lethal in my draws. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> you know, you know he's, but yeah, like, overall. He had some great matches, though. I mean, that's the one thing I have to say. Even if we don't like that Flair did that, because they gave him a big send off. It's kind of weird because there's no, it's an unspoken rule. There's no one who says you can't technically go wrestle somewhere else. It's just kind of awkward that they give you like this big send off, this goodbye thing, you know, and then there you are somewhere else, just like if it never happened. But to Flair's credit, unlike other people, there were more good matches to be had after that. As weird as that is, there were more good matches to be had. I can think of good TNA Flair matches. Yeah. So it's like he was right. Unfortunately, he knew that he wasn't done and he was right. The matches were still good. He was able to go with the young guys to some degree. He was getting taking abyss bumps and shit. You know what I mean? Like this guy was. Yeah, I like, remember that time abyss chokeslam through the stage. Like, yeah, like think about it. Rick fucking Flair got chokeslam through after he got retired by Shawn Michaels by abyss. Think about that. He was, was no goodbye, no I love you, nothing. Just I can't I can't tell him anything or laugh when he says he has one more left in him because so far he's been right each time. <laughs> right. You know, it's been like if Flair yeah, came back and said, "Fuck it, I got one more in me." He no, probably does. I've seen it. You know how many times, dude, and that's another thing. People have been saying that he's been going to retire and The Undertaker's going to retire since we were teenagers. I remember watching WrestleMania 14, like the debut of Kane and people talking online stuff. Oh, you know, 
I don't have much more left in him. Fucking WrestleMania for like Kane just we just got out of that's gotta be Kane era and people already said oh, <laughs> really? Taker doesn't have many more left in him. Looking slow. You know how many years we've been hearing that? So there were a lot of points of retirement. And yeah. uh, unfortunately for this man, he kept going. And I don't know what he what he's gonna do. That I guess this documentary is gonna end in it to be continued, like Tiger King. Yeah, because because I mean uh, it goes from uh they seem to say at the start, it goes from twenty seventeen to twenty twenty. So it's about caught up to where we're at now, but definitely for hands down, chapter one, amazing watch. Uh I'm definitely watching chapter two when it comes out. I'm pretty much gonna follow this whole thing. So it looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, good, good, good stuff, man. And it's just like I said, it's cool just hearing Mark Calloway for once. Like no gimmick, no nothing, just the man behind the hat and the coat. <laughs> yeah. So in other news, our boy Otis, and this news story is actually about five or six days old. And I kind of wish that I knew this before we went into the uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view last night, because I would have it would have changed a lot about what I thought. I would have probably felt spoiled because I would have seen the Otis thing coming. So Otis, from what I'm seeing here, as of about a week ago, they took his status off of being a tag team wrestler and he, it just says singles wrestler now like wow. all over his stuff so they had already wow. decided that that tag team's done there's no there's no tag team out there uh there's no tag team called heavy machinery on their website or any of that shit you know what i mean they, like see, it, you he, on, see you on main event Tucker, Jesus. He's, just, he's just marked as a he's just marked as a singles guy you know, like they just quietly went in. I guess I don't know why they would think at this point with the way. I mean, wrestling fans are, are probably quicker to pick up on things that change online than anyone on the planet. But they, they I guess catch they your they, tweets before you even hit the button. Yeah, like, before you delete them, the tweets are like screenshot and everything. But yeah, I guess people caught the fact that they changed all of Otis's shit to a singles guy. And uh, yeah, so they must they must already decide this guy's future must already be written. How funny is this, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Like this is incredible. <laughs> So yeah, that I'm, motherfucker said I'm coming to the single division, and that and that's that's pretty much it for Tucker. And I t- I told you guys about that. Even in NXT, I was like the yeah. other guy once again. I'm worried about that other dude. I said I don't really see too much. I like Otis, but the other guy's just kind of there. It didn't work. It yeah. didn't work. I mean, I mean, at least he's better off than freaking Dawkins. At least Tucker actually did shit. But which is even worse for him. He did shit and still got the boot. <laughs> yeah. So no, but this is on th- this guy. So. He's big backstage. He's big with Vince and everything. And uh, it's funny because another story came out recently. I guess he told this story. What was it that he was on? He was on. He spoke to Digital Spy and he said that uh, there was a point where he was in fifth grade and he went to a WWE event and uh, he went to slap Trish Stratus's hand at the barricade and he wound up getting speared by a security guard because he looked like an adult running to get some stratisfaction is the way the story goes. <laughs> so they see this kid who I guess, I don't know how he looked as a kid. So however he looked, maybe. definitely, I guess, must have fucking looked threatening. But apparently <laughs> the story was they saw it, instead of it looking like an excited kid, it looked more like an excited 200-pound man. Oh, Jesus Christ. 200-pound fifth grader. Get the man, baby! And they, they speared his ass. So he quoted as saying, so yeah, I made a sacrifice, got speared. But after that spear from the guard, we got front row tickets. So it all happens for a reason. And, uh, <laughs> he says, I've never told Trish that story in person. It's hard for me to talk about her as, as a lady I've watched for years in the sports entertainment world. It would be a good way for me to express, you know, without really talking to her in person. 
Yeah, you know, you want to tell you took a fucking spear from her as a fifth grader. <laughs> you know, like you know, you know, you got the spear when I was a fifth grader, right? That's incredible. Just so you know, I need my restitution, bitch. Like, <laughs> hey, this guy's a storyline all by himself. Isn't he? <laughs> you know, that's the that's the reason he got over. He got over with Vince, and then he just keeps getting over. You know, it's impossible not to look how fast he became a singles guy. They don't even want you to remember that he had a tag team partner. They just quickly erased that shit. <laughs> like that. Yeah, is they, they, they're going to do always his whole NXT run like they did freaking Rollins cash in at WrestleMania. I can't remember anything about Tucker that he did that ever really stood out. Not a single thing. I mean, the only thing he like, I mean, you know, he did moves, but the only thing he really did that made him like where I caught him was just the fact that he was the other half of the compactor. You know what, man? I don't feel bad at all. I don't don't feel bad yeah. because uh, this is what happens with tag teams. And this is a, a case of unless you can remember something about that guy that was memorable, anybody chat room, people on demand. There's no reason to mourn him, assuming that they don't have something for him. They'll probably give him some other shot at something. But that's a long time for you to not really have anything for me to remember you by while your tag like, team partner has all this crazy shit going on Otis, at the same Otis time. Has always he's, known been for, he's known for crazy moves and spots and catchphrases and logos and friendships and relationships and enemies. And, I mean, and what like, the fuck do you do, bro? Come on. I mean, like, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like yeah, when they would do interviews, Otis would, I mean, um, Tucker would do all the talking. But, like, but it was generic talking. We could get anybody to do that. that was... So it's like, yeah, I don't feel bad with in the case of Tucker. Cause I think someone last night asked what happens to Tucker in the chat room. And it was like, well, that's a good question. He should have been asking the whole time that the other guy was in all these angles and stuff. And I know creative plays some part in it. But when you're on TV as a tag team and your other guy is just natural. It's like you could tell that the Otis stuff is just the guy standing out. It's not like they're yeah, making it's him stand out. It's like when you see that shit happening and the cameras are rolling, do something. You're going to have to do something desperate, man. Like, just don't be as generic as you were. I can't remember. I can't remember his moves. We had like an elbow, I think. Yeah, I mean, he had a moonsault. He had a tope. We're talking about like he's dead, right? Like he had, like he's not going to still have it anymore. (laughs) Whatever the fuck you. (laughs) We're talking about like he's departed this (laughs) world. I just caught that. That's awesome. (laughs) I love how we were in past tense this whole time. It's all gone now. (laughs) He doesn't have those things anymore. (laughs) Remember that moonsault? No more of that. That's gone. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's okay. You know, this guy really stood out to me. If you guys go back to his debut, because we talked about it on here that week, whatever episode that was. I remember saying this guy really, I liked him right away. Immediately was like, yep. 100%. 100%. Just the fact that the way he used just come waddling out, he was the first one I noticed every time I saw him. Like, Otis so- just naturally stands out. He's the second thing in the last decade that I was like, the moment I saw, it was like 100%. <laughs> I was so fucking certain since the New Day, like when they first did the New Day's coming thing where they were dancing and shit. Like the moment I saw that, I was like, yep, sold. 100% dynamite. Like I knew that shit was going to be in it. And this too, you know? Yeah. And the reason... Otis then, is a natural. Like, yeah. And that's the reason why they even talked. I, I know there's some reports coming out this week that 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 uh woman, whoever was released, and I, you know, no one. It's not good for anyone to lose their job. But the Otis and Mandy, like, there's reports coming out that she's not even really the mastermind. Like, yeah, she was assigned to be the storyline writer of the thing, but it's really Vince since he was already behind pushing this guy to give him the thing in the first place. And the funny thing about it is, with Otis, you don't really gotta give him much. Just kind of give him where he needs to get to. Just let him do it by himself. Yeah, he's great. It's fantastic. He, he's I guarantee right now, every single thing Otis has ever done, the only thing they've ever told him is what you're supposed to have happen at the end. Yeah. And it's and it every works. promo, every 
freaking thing where you chase down Ziggler. Just this is what needs to happen by the time you're done with this. Let's try this, man. Let's just try this. Let's try this guy at the top, for God's sakes, to do something like, different. I, 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 like, yeah, I'll boldly timestamp this shit. I will boldly say if Otis cashes in and wins, I'm cool with it. Yeah, because Otis too. is fantastic. Especially the crowd adores him. Yeah, especially <laughs> since I can't remember who the champion even is on a, on the alternate show right now. It, it's that guy with the power slam and the running and yeah. You remember you you, you remember Nicholas's tag partner. Oh, that's right. You know, I, I legit I shoot forgot Braun was the fucking cat. <laughs> Dude, I was sitting here going in my mind with, I lost that belt for a minute in my head. You see how see underwhelming of a champion you see what I'm saying? in that you run see is? Why like, I lost track of the, the belt. belt. I was thinking Drew McIntyre, then where the fuck's the other belt? Like for a while it took me. We wouldn't yeah. remember this if it was Bray. Just saying. I, I lost one of the belts in my head because, yeah, give it to Otis. Look at how shitty of a run it's been. I hate to do I it to Braun because I always thought Braun was going to work. But I lost the belt in my head because of how missing it already is. I told you, this is why I was against Braun winning the championship, because Braun's boring. I just don't There's want him to do no something. Excitement because all of his accomplishments so far have been shit. I just don't want him to do like an underdog thing where like, oh, this something happens that it cost him it or whatever. And I like to give him another pity story. Like Ziggler fucks him over somehow. Because <laughs> that used to be the gimmick, right? Like he would always look like something good's going to happen to him and Ziggler's there. Like, please don't let that be it. Right. Cause you know them, they they love to screw people like like Otis. They'll swerve us and Mandy's part of the Ziggler, uh, Sonya stable. Oh God! And they all fuck up his cash in or do something. And I just don't want it to be that this guy at the end of the day is still gonna get screwed, and he's gonna be one of the rare people. <laughs> which they brought up recently, and they they never bring something out without it being deliberate. They brought up recently, uh, Corbin being someone who was one of the few that cashed in and failed. So I hope yeah. that's not them foreshadowing us seeing Otis get screwed out of this title and they're just going to keep him in mid-card because that would be disappointing. Yeah, that's always still funny. I, I swear I'm starting to get to the point with you where I think it's only going to be messenger for me because there's so many different wrestlings and groups groups I'm in. Everybody's just like, oh, it was such a... Even fucking Wrestle, for WrestleMania, these fucktars talking about some, oh, it was such a stupid Andy, what's Otis doing? And I'm like, no, because couldn't none of y'all motherfuckers think of, this, think of something better. Yeah, we're just going for the easy pick and just been like AJ Styles or Rey Mysterio. No, no. See, see there's this thing called effort. We're gonna you know try it to see how people, it works. Though, like, it's the same. You know what? I look at it the same exact way. It's funny how NXT in my mind has taken the place of where Ring of Honor and ECW have always been in my mind. It's the same formula as it used to be. He's going through the same shit that I've seen Daniel Bryan go through, and even Seth Rollins go through, and Kevin Owens go through. Where they came in and there were people who were behind it, but then there were people who'd never watched Ring of Honor or anything, so they didn't know how that was going to be. So they just sort of like whenever they got something given to them, they'd be like, why is this person getting it? And they don't realize that a lot of the fans not knowing the the talent from the indie scene were, were, were kind of nerfing their pushes with that who is that dude attitude. Now NXT's sort of seen like that third brand indie, even though it's unfair because they still are corporate WWE. And we got people who still don't watch NXT. NXT's not as hugely watched. So the connection that that we as fans have with Otis and the character and everything that's happened, a lot of the WWE fans, a good majority still, don't have that. Like, And that's the comparison between that and the indie guys who came in. Where now we're going through that again, but with the NXT guys. Like, they just don't know enough to care to give them that pop, to give them that rub. So you are going to see a lot of places online that are like, why did this guy get it? Because they're not attentive to the other stuff that's going on in the WWE brand. They're only, they're, they're just marks for the for the Monday, Friday shit. So that's yeah, sort the of problem where you get is, that feedback. When, 
And then the problem is when us who actually know who they are try to explain something, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a mark. It's like, no, bitch. We actually saw them before you. And, you and know, we know even, just a little bit more. And even without seeing them, it's kind of jarring to me that fans would have an issue because I feel like they did a good job using the Mandy Rose storyline as a way to flesh out the Otis character for people who weren't familiar with him in NXT. Most NXT guys don't get that. They'll just get pushed up to the top. And if you don't know, fuck you. You're going to have to just learn as you go along because we're not giving you any backstory to this. They're just here. With him, they went yeah. out of their way to make sure that he was ironed out as a character that he is. You know, so I don't know. People just want what they want all the time. And that's the reason why we have a company that's become as jaded as WWE because don't get me wrong, they are jaded. But the reason is because sometimes even when you give them something different, like in this case, something that's not the same old shit, they act up. Not at all crime because it wasn't predictable AJ Styles or, or whatever. There were like a hundred and different predictions that, you know, they subverted expectations in a positive way and everyone's just upset about it for no reason. You can't please these yeah. fans nowadays. Yeah, like AJ Styles is the easy pick. That's why everybody picked AJ. It's just like, no... Try doing something besides the easier shit. Yeah, and I and I like the uh, I like the pay per view. You know, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was great. Some 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 of y'all got to get off recruit difficulties, like you. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> so, uh, Vince McMahon was recently a topic on uh, Jim Cornette's podcast. I don't know if you heard about this. I have not. Oh Jesus! I actually, listen to the podcast. I'm not gonna play any of it on here. But they brought up a list of Vince McMahon stories and some oh, of these no. I've heard. And it was Cornette confirming whether or not these Vince McMahon stories are, are works or shoots because he was here for some of these. And there are stories in here that have definitely popped me when I heard them. Oh, like, oh, wow. God. <laughs> yeah, let me look at Let me bring this list. Oh, no. That scares me on so many levels. Yeah, don't worry. I'm bringing up the list now. Oh, fuck, there's a list. Ugh. Of course there's a list. Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> so the first one we've heard before, Vince McMahon hates sneezing and gets angry if he sneezes. He said he's never seen Vince sneeze, and he told a story about being sick and going to work anyway, and he was sick and not showing it, so they carried him around. They carried on around him and did not offer for him to go home once. Okay, so I guess Vince has been sick around other people, but people ignore it and act like he's still okay. They Kim John him. Yeah. Vince McMahon raced Court Bauer on the road and boxed him and nearly running him into a construction zone. Jim Quinn said the story was true. What the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? Oh my God, it's not that serious, Vince. Vince McMahon stole an NBC executive shoes because he didn't like him. They were back at, at uh, Dick... Ebersole's birthday party at a bowling alley and the executive said something to Vince and he didn't like it so he stole his shoes and then he later called him and said that's what you get pal I don't know if that's this one true. was a <laughs> I was waiting for the verdict that was scary yeah that one apparently I'm guessing this was true oh god my life is so petty unbelievable socks on the ground <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> Vince McMahon had the police arrest Jonathan Coachman as a prank. And Jim Cornette, I've heard this one before. I think this is even on Storytime, where Jim Cornette uh, confirmed it true. He was arrested for running a betting pool at work. And yeah, I remember, hearing this part, I remember hearing this part on the Cornette podcast where he talked about you always got to fuck with someone when they're new to the business and don't know this yet when you want to pull that rib. Uh, Vince getting drunk in a strip club and had superstars do their finishers on him. What the fuck? 
Jim Cornette. I, I heard this one too. Yeah, this is wait, true. wait, wait. I need a verk on that one, damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, this one I know. I've heard this one before. I've heard this. <laughs> it sounds funnier, I guess, when you just I say it. See right? that shit. So, so wait a minute. If that's the case, then who's the one that fucking has him drop like that one stripper in that video I showed you? Oh, man. <laughs> um, right, Mark? We did that one on video. It's <laughs> drunk at a strip club and has superstars do their finishers on him. That's great. That would be, that'd be the best experience ever. Can you imagine being in that strip <laughs> club? I wouldn't know whether I want to look at the titties or the finishers. Probably the finishers. Oh, 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 the finishers. Hands I, have to see the finishers. I know what I'm yeah, expecting. Yeah, yeah, fuck the titties. Finishers, the titties I don't know what I'm going to see. Uh, yeah. Can you believe that? That'd be the only time you're in a strip joint. There's something better to look at than tits. I won't spend a fucking dollar. Good man, drunk taking finishers. I'll, I'll walk out with every dollar I walk back in with. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I don't need y'all fucking. I got all the entertainment I got right here. He said he wasn't watch sure. This, if he was, like a four fifty. Watch this. The only thing he wasn't able to confirm is he wasn't sure if it was a strip club or a hotel bar. But the Vince being drunk and taking finishers was true. That's awesome. <laughs> Vince insulted Kofi on a plane and said, and 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 Chris Jericho told Kofi he had to fight. Vince McMahon or his career was over. And uh Jim Cornette says this was true. He says he wasn't there, but this was true. And that he would try and that Vince uh and that he says that he feels that Vince I remember him saying that he feels like the older Vince gets, the younger his mind gets, because now he's trying to actively fight the boys and shit. <laughs> if to fight him or your career is over. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll knock an old man out and save my career. I don't give a shit though. I don't know if you should or not. Maybe that's why Macho punched him out once. <laughs> Maybe this happens every now and then. I don't know. Put your career on the line, son. Okay. It's strange. <laughs> it's a strange world to live in. You know, uh, one of the writers was told to stop nodding at Vince because he hates nodding and he hates yes men. And he said he's never seen Vince yell at anybody over nodding, but he says it sounds like something Stephanie would say. <sighs> Jesus. He's fucking stories. I just don't get Vince McMahon tried to outdo Mark Henry's workout. And Cornette said he's heard it. He 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 hasn't heard it, but he believes it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Vince didn't want to hire Gail Kim until Jr. told McMahon that Asian porn is very popular. I've heard that from Jim Ross, actually. Yeah, that's not exactly how it went. It wasn't like we're hiring Gail Kim because Asian porn is popular. It was more like we're hiring Gail Kim one of the benefits is she's an attractive young woman and there's uh guys are into asian women in which vince was sort of like really they like asian women and then people were like yeah vince they do they like all cultures there's actually even pornography that you could look up that has asian women in it and that surprised me even more he was like there is And the next thing you know vince went to his office for about three days and he came out with one arm visibly more swollen than the other Came out looking like Quagmire. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go back in and check some of this. Nah, you porn. can tell Vince likes his American girls. Like, come on. You know. It's <laughs> written all over. America. Fuck you. Yeah. Okay, well, let's continue down this path here. Oh, this one. Oh, no. Oh, my God. This is probably my favorite one. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. Oh, my God. So, Vince... uh. Vince came out with that gimmick. Do you remember Tiger Ali Singh and D'Lo? Yeah. There was a point where Tiger Ali oh. Singh didn't want to wear the turban because he felt that it was uh, desecrating um, his culture or disrespecting his culture. And uh, 
Vince, and it's not even written in this report, but I remember hearing Vince saying, um, you and D'Lo are going to put those fucking turbans on and go out there. I don't give a fuck about culture. <laughs> <laughs> that one sounds real. That one sounds real. Oh, man, man. You better be lucky we can't put that as the episode title. <laughs> you and D'Lo are going to put those fucking turbans on and go. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about culture. Yo, you have the best job in the world if you ever have to say some <laughs> shit like that to an employee of yours. <laughs> that is like, you've lived the American dream. If you've ever had to say to an employee that line, you and D-Lo are going to put those fucking turbans on and go out there right now. <laughs> you have the longest line at the job fair. <laughs> like, that you is priceless. say that shit? <laughs> Oh, that's sort of thing you just never expect to hear in the workplace. That's fucking one of them. Like, <laughs> those fucking turbans are out, bro. Fuck my culture. <laughs> I always found that tag team a little bit strange when I sort of said, huh? How did this happen? I guess now I know. We got fucked a revival before that. We had fucked the culture. That was Lowdown, right? Wasn't that the tag team? No. With fucking Tiger Ali and D-Lo in a turban? I, I get Tiger Ali, but why did D'Lo have to wear one? I don't fucking know, man. Become, I, don't I don't remember know. the angle. It's been years, but that they tried to... D'Lo's been did, in so did, much shit, like... They changed his culture on us? Or I guess he always had a... I don't, I don't know. It was just strange, right? How fucking weird is that? With, with D'Lo, I just think they just throw him in shit and just adapt. You know, motherfucker was in lowdown. He's in the nation. He was a fucking aces and age or whatever. He literally went from a Black Panther-style character in the Nation of Domination to a guy wearing a fucking turban. And before, and the, that was before that. And then after that, he was a biker. That's incredible. Maybe Vince thought that they were the same thing. Oh shit! You know, like, you know, put in a turban. That. Used to be in the Nation of Domination. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> you wore a funny hat there like, too. Can, hey, somebody explain to me why the fuck D'Lo was wearing a turban, and we accepted that. <laughs> D'Lo Brown. Think about it. His name was D'Lo Brown. That motherfucker wasn't D'Lo Tan. He was wearing a fucking turban in a tag team. Incredible. Oh, god. WWE had a snow cone party. Oh, for fuck's sake. At WWE headquarters, and Vince ate 10 snow cones. Spraying freeze like a motherfucker. The story goes that Vince stood up on the table and announced in his Vince, you're fired voice that he loves snow cones. Jim Cornette didn't see it, but he he said he can believe it's true. First of all, I can't even believe that they'd have a snow cone party at WWE headquarters. It's not like that place is more chaotic than when Money in the Bank's going on. Right. And, uh, they got time for that. What is what is happening here? These are just fucking crazy. And no, the certain stories he didn't confirm if they were real or fake. He just confirmed he believes them. But the ones that are crazy are confirmed. Vince oh, pushing someone into the pool with all their clothes on is hilarious. And yes, I've we've heard this before from a lot of people that got pushed into the pool back when him and Patterson used to write the whole show by it. People would come over and they pushed him into the fucking thing. You know, that's like a very known story. I don't even need to read whether he can confirm it's true or not. Many people have been pushed into the fucking pool. <sighs> Vince McMahon got drunk and urinated on Ric Flair's hotel bed. Jim Cornette didn't hear the story. Once, you, once I heard urinate, I instantly, brought, I instantly thought playing Roger Hill. Vince has an incredibly thick beard and he shaves multiple times a day. It was said that Paul Heyman asked McMahon why he doesn't just let his beard grow out. And uh, Vince said, I can't let it win. And Jim, and Jim Cornette confirmed, confirmed it was true and that he carries an electric razor with him in his briefcase and he shaves all the time. 
That's awesome. <laughs> That's the WrestleMania match we never knew we needed. Vince versus the beard. Oh, here's another golden one. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Vince McMahon mistakenly called Michael Tarr or Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> that one is. <laughs> Jim Cornette heard it a long time ago. That one is probably the most believable out of everything. For, for you guys that don't remember Michael Tarver, he was in <sighs> he was in the Nexus. He was the black guy that wore a mask, kind of like the mask we're all wearing now. <laughs> and that was his gimmick. He was just a Nexus member who was a black guy with a mask. And yeah, the story goes that Vince saw him one day and was like, "Hey, Shelton," and he just started talking like he was Shelton Benjamin in the fucking mask. <laughs> And, and, and it's like if you're Michael Tarver, like what the fuck are you gonna do? Tell him no. Like, yeah, you're probably better off Shelton Benjamin for that moment. <laughs> I wouldn't correct him. I, I love him <laughs> to think I was a former tag team Intercontinental Champion. Just got a fucking <laughs> and the highlight right? reel of the first three fucking Money in the Bank live matches. He probably doesn't watch it. I mean, think about it. That was that old shitty NXT. He has no idea who Michael Tarver is. Just right. Shelton Benjamin was still employed there. <laughs> Right back went through that whole thing when he was reminiscing his career. Fucking Vince was like, he went back there. Oh, Vince McMahon called a television technician to his house to fix a TV that was on mute. Jim Cornette confirmed it was true. He didn't know the TV was on mute. He called someone to fix it. He thought it was broken. <laughs> then he just gave the guy a hundred bucks for his trouble. But then I remember Cornette going uh-huh. on in the story to say that Vince kind of did that regularly. Like he would see people around and not know who the fuck they were and just give them a hundred bucks. He was just tipping people. He figured whoever, I guess he figured at certain points, <laughs> He'd be in a rush, and everyone around him who he didn't recognize, he assumed was help. So if you were in his proximity, he would tip you for whatever the fuck you were doing standing there. So, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to get out here, I'm going to start <laughs> hanging around Vince. <laughs> uh, it works until right, yeah. he recognizes you, you know, and that's the so reason what? why Michael Tarver didn't correct him on being fucking Jelton Benjamin. So, so what I'm going to do, I'm gonna, every, time I see, every time I'm by him, I'm going to have a different mask on. He'll never know. Oh, man. That's awesome. So there are some there's some Vince McMahon stuff. Incredible. Okay, what else do we got going on here? Any suggestions? I'm looking through oh, the God, stuffs. Dude. We gotta avoid it for now, that's for sure. We, oh my god. I almost wish there was more men more, more Vince McMahon stories now. Like Yeah, before we get to anything crazy. <laughs> right? Like I was like, holy shit. <laughs> It's going to be the whole story, just the whole show, just fucking Vince McMahon stories. Yeah. You know, the, like the Chronicles of Riddick, it's the Chronicles of Vince. We're hearing that Vince changes his mind about Roman Reigns pretty regularly. Like, oh, pretty man. much, uh, one day they want to show him, then the next day they're editing him, then the next day they have uh, Make-A-Wish with no clips of him, then they're doing a conference and he never mentions him on the call, then they have a one-hour special about him on Fox. So he's going back and forth. I guess this goes to show he's torn about what's going to happen with Roman Reigns, which uh, I guess it's understandable, you know, to some aspect. I mean, I don't we don't know the full story. I know you guys kind of feel like they don't have the right. Most of you seem to have that share that sentiment. I mean, a man's looking out for his health. Like, how pissed off could I be? <laughs> yeah. Well, he said it has nothing to do. You know, there's a TMZ clip. Let me see this. Real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I must forget about this. You must have talked about it on here. I'll link the chat room and we'll share it on social media as well. Obviously, everything that's going on with the coronavirus and, uh, you know, kind of locking everybody down. How are you dealing with it with 
with obviously with the challenges that you've had to face. Are you hanging in there okay? I'm doing good, yeah. And a lot of people, um, you know, they think that it was based off of my health and my, my you know, the history of my uh, fight against leukemia. Um, but, you know, just talking to my doctors and stuff, I, I actually, you know, am, am fine and my immune system is good. The drugs that I take in order to fight the leukemia, they don't attack your immune system. But, I, you know, not everybody knew because I try to keep it private in this crazy world. But, uh, you know, my, my children, you know, I, I, we just had two uh, newborn twins, twin boys. Um, they're eight weeks old. Um, so I, I had to make a decision for them and I love this business. I mean, if anybody ever questions, if I love this business, go back a, about a year and a half ago, I came back as fast as possible. Yeah. I could have took a lot longer off to, to focus on my health, but they told me, yeah, man, you, you should be fine to get in the ring and do your thing if you want to get back to normal. And I jumped as soon as they, they gave me the green light. So, but I, this is bigger than me. It's, it's my family. It's my children. They are my legacy. No matter what I do in this world, my children are going to be the ones that represent my name and, and carry our name forward. So I had to make that choice for them um, to protect them being so young. But we're doing good. You know, it's it's tough because I want to be out there. I want to, you know, don't get me wrong. It's weird to, to see the show in front of no one, but <laughs> I want, yeah, you know what I, I mean? I know. It's, it's strange because we sell the atmosphere. Right. There's nothing like being at a WWE show when the house is packed and the, the crowd is going nuts. It, it's unlike anything I can, you know, there's no comparison because the unison, um, and it's all like a, a home crowd, you know what I mean? It's not like a split crowd. It doesn't get quiet. Right. Uh, if it gets quiet out there, then, then that's on the superstar. Something's going wrong. <laughs> But yeah, man, I, I miss it. I want to be out there. I want to get back to work. I want to get back to normal. But I just feel like I have an obligation, not only to my, my family and myself, but to my community. Um, and also to, you know, to set the example, because, you know, at the end of the day, we can we can do a lot of different things and say a lot of different things. But it's through our actions that really speak volumes. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. You're just going to play it by ear as far as when it feels right to go back? Or do you have some kind of a date in mind? What are you thinking as far as when you do make the triumphant return? Really, to be honest, I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? We're just going day by day, um, taking this thing how it comes. You know, it's these we're in weird times. These are, you know, brand new times for us. This is a new normal. Um, and we're just trying to collect as much information and make the most educated um, choice possible. And something that, you know, going forward will protect, like I said, my family and myself. Uh, but, you know, I definitely want to get out there. I definitely want to be back, uh, back to normal and just performing for the fans. I, it's tough to be a performer who's not performing. Um, Look at these. See, see, I can't even get away oh, from my dad. You know? I can't even get away from my I, I'm gonna, I'm going to let your daddy go now. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, hopefully very soon. But right now we're in daddy mode. That's that's the number. So I said it's a big dog. It's a big daddy. Well, you know. Can't okay, ain't, no, ain't nothing wrong with being in daddy mode. No, nothing at all. Now we're going to get more into parenting later on, right? Yeah. So, uh. This is kind of interesting. Scott Scott Hall um, had some sort of online encounter with someone named Moth Martina. Who the fuck is that? Moth Martina. It's not if it's not Marty the Moth Martinez. If it's not him, I'm not. It's sure. not a he. Okay, so it's not okay. So it could be Marty Posters. Yeah, I had no clue. They got her name in the story. Like we're supposed to know who the hell that is, you know? Hell if I know. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> All right, who the fuck are you? 
Like I, I was, I was like, it's either that or it's freaking Mari Poster, which they were both in Lucha Underground. But yeah, no clue who this is. So I guess she replied under a picture of Razor Ramon. The picture asked uh, what what it reminded people of about him, and she said he once offered to buy me a boob job on Twitter, but never followed through. And then uh, he replied, "Well, you need a personality transplant, you dumb bitch." Wow! Why are you so angry? <laughs> and uh, I guess a lot of the fans gave him heat over that, and he wound up deleting his Twitter account. So, Jesus, um, he shouldn't have deleted anything. Like, no, she is a dumb bitch. I don't even know who this is, and I can confirm comfortably with my voice, not with typing, that she's a dumb bitch. Cut this and send it to her. I'll send it to her. You dumb bitch. Like, someone promised you a boob job over Twitter and you held them to their Twitter word, first of all, (laughs) that they're going to pay for your titties, which by the looks of this image, someone eventually fucking did. So why are you so salty? You got your fake fucking boobies. The hell's wrong with people nowadays? What a weird thing to complain about that somebody on Twitter promised you fake titties and didn't keep their word. Even though you eventually got them, like, what? Who is she? I don't know. God, it's weird that people head. turn on Scott Hall over that shit. Scott fucking Hall. They would turn on him over some dumb bitch that we don't even know who's complaining about not getting free titties. But she's a hero, damn it. Like, no. <laughs> you see how stupid the internet has become? Everyone goes and jumps to her defense because he called her a dumb bitch. What, you can't, can't be a dumb bitch anymore? Like, she might be fucking stupid. She 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 might just believe that, that not everybody has maps, all right? Yeah. Not everybody has tits. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you can put another everybody has boobs, I guess. There you go. Oh, that's crazy. I just can't believe Scott Hall got heat for something like that. What kind of a world am I living in where he calls someone a dumb bitch and they, they give him the heat? They're not judging her for wanting the fake tits from Scott Hall, by the way. I'm not even judging her for wanting them. Just like believing that afterwards he's going to be like, yeah, I got you, boo boo. Like, no. There you go, Shane. See, you know, freaking beach ball, inflatable, yeah, In- inflatable tits. She can have the Zorb. Remember the Zorb? Oh, my God. Yes, I fucking remember the Zorb. Do we have the thing? Oh. Let's see if we can find it. Was that, remember when that woman got knocked over by a fucking Zorb? Oh, she got knocked into the water. Like you said, that thing was going high speed and took her ass out. Yes. That shit barreled over her. We need, oh inter- we need an intermission here to look at that. That's what right. I want. I want to see, I want to see the fucking Zorb. <laughs> Back in a sec. Yeah, I think the Zorb's more interesting than that girl's Zorbs. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing this dumb bitch has ever contributed to life is she gives us a reason to watch a Zorb fail video. We're going to watch a Zorb fail video. Because that's what what we thought of when we saw her fake tits that she's complaining about. Someone give me heat. I dare you. Motherfucker, we clap back around here. We hurt your feelings. Somebody try to give me heat over calling that dumb bitch a dumb bitch. If you don't believe us, ask that one person. He's not one of us. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh, God. Yes, here we go. Oh. I love that they say action Zorb to open it. Watch. Rolling. And action Zorb. Be careful what you wish for. 
Action, Colleen! Cheers, Maddie. Just like the movie, we're getting started here with the rock and roll. Jesus Christ. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, God, I'm sorry. No, you're not. No, Cheers, Maddie. Just like the movie, we're getting started here with the rock and roll. You know what's the amazing part to me about that video? I never Actually, got over. Cheers. They ask her if she's okay, and she responds while she's still planted face first in the grass. Watch. Maddie, just like the movie, we're getting started here with the rock. Hi, 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 hi. Oh, are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Look at her. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Look at where she responded from. Isn't that amazing? That shit is physics defying. Oh, are you all right? Yeah. Yo, you know what that is? That's when you hurt, but the pain ain't kicked in yet. Oh, are you all right? Yeah. That bitch took her ass out. <laughs> Shit was like when Piccolo was speaking to Goku or Broly's foot in his face. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what somebody needs to do. Hit our ass with a Zord. Maybe just shut the fuck up then. Like, <laughs> Scott Hall shouldn't have deleted this way. He should have hit her ass with a Zorb. Hit her with a fucking action Zorb. Catch it. <laughs> hit her with an action Zorb. Write it down. <laughs> The nerve. What else is going on here? Okay, we got uh geez, these are, some of these are some of these are words I don't want to use early in the show. I don't mind as we get later, but geez, there's a lot of bad shit going on. <laughs> some of it's kind of avoidable, unfortunately. Yeah, some of it's more than others. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, I guess a light story here. Apparently they banned the word non-title. Yeah, because apparently there was a confusion when the war went on on Raw last week when the fucking War Raiders fought Street Profits and they got the win and nobody knew it was non-title because they didn't fucking say it. So now the rule is you don't say non-title. So everyone was confused because you didn't say non-title when you should have said it. So the new rule is now you never say it. Like apparently they had banned the word before that everybody went into this assuming it was going to be a championship match because the way they talked to each other were like all snap Raw tag title match. This is where the Street Profits get the win. Like the band list for at, at this point, freaking send the band with Sam. Then the band list the same route as freaking writers. Just get rid of them all because now it just doesn't make sense. That one doesn't make sense. What do you say then? Exhibition match? Have they come up with a new word yet? They probably they'll ban exhibition next. They'll be like, it's a encounter. <laughs> It's a random yes. encounter. That's what we call them. Random. Yeah. You, they'll give you the old school Final Fantasy. The fucking before the match starts, right? I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, every match, that's how it's going to start. They're going to get to the <laughs> ring, and right before they start moving, what is going on, man? And now it's an encounter. We have to come up with the word for them. God. No <laughs> other company bans words. You know why? Because banning words is fucking stupid. It's really important right now to know what words we're using. Now's a good time to change as much shit as possible in case enough shit isn't already changed. Change as much familiar shit as possible. Go right ahead. Can't wait till they stop stop calling them commentators. They're gonna be like, okay, joining us to join us the talkers at ringside. Like this is a this match is scheduled for one fall, and it is a no title match. <laughs> That's all they changed about it. Instead of non, it's no. Say a champion, <laughs> the guy with the belt. You can't say belt either. Oh god, the guy with the title. Look, I fucking don't even know anymore. <laughs> there you go, Shane. Non-suspenders. Huh? Pretty soon, you're not going to be able to say match. Oh, my God. How long is it going to be until commentators go out there? And it sounds like when a fucking phone call skipping, right? <laughs> you know, like, it, those are all the words we're allowed to say. <laughs> couldn't say match, couldn't say raw. title, couldn't say belt. Fucking call me after Raw when my man is free. Like, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Unbelievable. So, uh, let's see. Rusev actually has put up a video since this is his first video since he's left the E. Because I forgot they released on Man Rusev, right? That's a crazy move that they made right there. They're going to pay for that one. I hope they know it. Oh, yeah. Let's see what this video is. I don't know if this is this is long or not. If it's long, we won't watch the whole thing. shower which probably she didn't so here's the deal how many people do we have my case filming my mom hold on yeah, oh that's good that's exciting so this is the deal so I got fired right professional wrestling blah blah who cares exciting news are going on you know this is like you know when you're kind of in a anyways we're gonna unbox some cool stuff today we have a brand new PC that I'm going to build from kind of ground up. Not really, but it sounds cool. None of the thing is sponsored. It's all me. I bought all these things because I like playing video games. And two, we're going to start a, a Twitch channel. I don't know if my light is okay. How's my light? Is it okay? We're going to start a Twitch channel really soon because I want to show how good I am at video games. As you all know, you see me on Xavier Woods' channel, as Tanpo, Roman Reigns, and uh, a whole bunch of other things. I've played also ping pong, we've played, I think, dodgeball, we play all kinds of stuff, and I'm really good at all these things. So, you know, I feel like, hey, why not create a channel and so people can see me play video games all day, because that's pretty much what I do. So here we go for, we're going to start with, yeah, we're definitely going to start with a computer. For that, what we're gonna need, if you wanna come closer, operator. My mom speaks English, so, so. I bought a Rosetta Stone. Yay! Great $200 investment. We got gloves, so we can be sterile. We have a knife. Not even, this is not even sponsored. This is a, this was a knife set that Jody, my friend Jody Christopherson bought me for my wedding present with, with CJ. Great knives. We have a napkin, you know just in case we get sweaty and you also have to have a, you know, Coke Zero just in case you get, oh no, never mind this was the best thing that somebody gave me it's a soda machine, soda water machine so you get this thing, like it goes in the bottom and like you put a whole bunch of gas in it and you drink soda water the best I drink about a gallon a day, I think, I think that's okay okay, so here we go we get the point, he's okay Let's see. I'm really excited and really scared at the same time. The last time I looked at the box of the PC before I get them out. Built a computer was probably 2003. A little bit before, you know, two years later, I would leave for America to come and pursue my dream. But 2003, we had a PC. It was a really decent PC that you know I got to assemble and do all these things. But this is a whole new beast. I, a whole new beast. It's really colorful, for one, which I love. I love different colors. So here you go, it's a quick start guide, connect, power. We're gonna skip all this. You guys get the point. You know, it's a bunch of stuff. Whoa, yeah, look at this. Yeah, it's a, it's a long video. It's a long he's video. Yeah, Rusev's doing okay. He can afford a PC. 
But think about that. Give a shit about getting fired, apparently. Yeah, wow. Now he can probably. I mean, I don't know how much was there a ninety day compete clause for the guy. I don't even know. When this thing ends, there's going to be so much work going around. Oh my god! Be crazy. Oh, WWE's going to have to do so much editing into the network, and in the process, they're going to break it again. Yeah, right. And Lana used this opportunity to stay in gimmick. I don't think she's ever broken this damn gimmick, has she? Yeah. What does the ravishing Lana have to think about her ex-husband, Rusev, being fired? I regret Rusev putting this on already. What you think he is. Turn off. He <laughs> Cancel. Be gone, fuck. I'll share it in time. You guys can go listen to it later. <laughs> if you yeah. feel like it. She's just going to go into her gimmick. You know, that's how she do. Jesus. Fuck's sakes, man. This is why you shouldn't always stay in gimmick. Your gimmick's fucking irritating. <laughs> she especially because he called you husband. He, he called you his wife in the video. Well, this is a different video. Oh, uh, yeah. We switched her over to Lana's channel. Regrettably so. But she caught us last time where she suddenly slipped into her gimmick halfway through the thing. Yeah, you slip, motherfucker. Nope, not this time. So Jeremy Borash debuted on WWE television finally on Tool 5 Live, which no one fucking probably knows or saw. So good for him. I forgot it was happening. Yeah. I am going to welcome on my partner now who's making his WWE television debut, I'm sure, in exactly the fashion he hoped he would. Please welcome... Jeremy Borash. Wow, Tom Phillips. Yeah, hey, Jeremy Borash. Hey, yeah, hey, worlds collide. Look at that. Some of the greatest oh, announcers in the world. And you're the latest one I'm working with. That's great. <laughs> a man who's been on Nitro, and now you're on 205 Live. It's amazing. They skipped DNA. They fucking. That's it. Oni, my big debut. Oni's got some workout stuff from his. The WWE are such scumbags. They blatantly skipped over TNA with no hesitation. Jeremy Borash. Oh, Jeremy Borough from TNA Who was wrestling. a commentator in TNA. He was an announcer in TNA. And they had Tom oh. Phillips say, oh, you did Nitro, and now you did this. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was there for the good that's, TNA, damn it. That's savage. That Look at how non-canon that shit is for them. His whole oh. career was in TNA, and they just, they just ignored it. You did Nitro. <sighs> was he on Nitro? I don't even remember that. I don't remember Nitro. Fucking, I remember Wow. The one nobody remembers. That's that amazing. That was some high level no selling right there. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. How funny was that? That was amazing. I was wish I would have watched it now. What, how could they have a grunt? I guess now that, that uh, the name TNA is being reincorporated back into Impact Wrestling, perhaps might be one of the reasons why they're no selling it again. Because for a while, they would mention TNA even on WWE. Yeah, they mentioned it with AJ. They mentioned it with Kurt. Like, no, it doesn't exist. Once again, it's uncanonized. Like I wish they would do it. The last three Star Wars, but they do it with TNA. <laughs> Jeff Cobb recently did an interview uh, with the Ring of Honor Strong podcast. Let's bring Jeff Cobb up on the screen. I like to bring people up on the screen when I know you might not know who they are besides Destin. Right. So we don't need to pay attention. And if Destin's yeah. the only one who knows him, well, that's not going to work. Right. Nah, I know Big people. Thing. People do know him. People know Jeff Cobb. But anyway, uh, 
they talked to him in regards to as you last guys last saw him, he was on AEW, then he went back to Ring of Honor. And he said that January 1st, his contract did expire with Ring of Honor. And uh, he made it clear that he'd like to stay and work with Ring of Honor because he believes in the company and the direction that they're going in and the talent. And uh, his goal was to stay, but the opportunity came for him to go to AEW and he took it because he felt that it was good for both parties because then it got people talking about how people that only watch AEW were asking about Jeff being in Ring of Honor. And some people started asking, what's Ring of Honor? And then they would come over and look at Ring of Honor and then there would be more eyes on the product. And he thinks that it helped everyone in the grand scheme of things. And it was fun and a good payday. And uh, it really sounds to me, I mean, that's nice and everything. It really just sounds to me like the only reason he went to AEW was to try to help Ring of Honor. You know, I, yeah. don't, I don't see how his presence helps AEW at all. No offense to Jeff Cobb, but he's not a big name in AEW compared to the people who he's there. He's not giving anybody a rub by showing up in AEW. The only one who benefits from him popping up, doing a cameo, and then going back to Ring of Honor is him. And I actually feel that's bad business for them. It's good for Ring of Honor, but it's bad business for them because the Jeff Cobb thing did nothing for me. I don't know who it was supposed to be for, and I, they, they unveiled it like it was this big deal. It was very anticlimactic, and it's over already. And, uh, you know, yeah, it gave Ring of Honor some some level of a rub. But then we got to look at this. Uh, We got to flip this around and look at it. Ring of Honor has been around for so many years, and through many things. I'm not fully blaming them, but also poor management and a few poor decisions were made along the way. And I, don't get me wrong, you guys know, whoever's listened to the show for years, we love Ring of Honor on here. But there's been a lot of decisions. You have to believe that there's been a lot of poor decisions made when a company that's been around since October is out there and you got one of your top guys in Ring of Honor saying, well, maybe I could go over to this six-month-old company so that they could give Ring of Honor the rub and get people to start going, I wonder what Ring of Honor is. Let me <laughs> yeah, go see what this good. Ring of Honor is they speak of. That's not good. You guys have been around for years and years, and one of your top guys' psychology is that he needs to go to this upstart of a company so that people will wonder what Ring of Honor is. It should not be that way, you know? So, I, you know, I, I, I don't think it was, it's bad that it's, it's like that in the first place. Yeah. That company needs to get their shit together, really. Exactly. No, I'm not giving them the drop. <sighs> They're not that bad off yet. We can't give them the drop yet. Yeah. I dropped a special occasion, David. So WWE, uh, according to Post Wrestling, uh, they're introducing the new crossover rule, which will let people from Raw and SmackDown work on different shows. They're going to try to keep the crossovers limited, similar to the, so wild, it's the card. wild card rule again. <laughs> exactly. Like they've never just said fucking wild card rules back. Like it's the wild card. I'm trying to give me this bullshit and there's a sound or a different fucking name. Like I don't know, bitch. I graduated school. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. And you know what? The bad part is only going to be like two or three people. They did, they always talk about it like anybody can show up at any time. You know, game well, it's going to be a max of like five people jumping shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sit right. there and tell me like I'm not supposed to know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I can probably pick a five out too. Shit, <laughs> I don't know why that aggravated me so much, but it did. <laughs> All right, well, it's time. It's time to talk about uh, our homie, our boy, Alberto, El Patron. That ain't my fucking boy, huh? Del Criminal. Patron, Patron, what you gonna do? You gonna so I first out. heard about this story from you. Yeah, it literally. <laughs> so <laughs> I tell you the story of this shit. It was. I think it had to be what I think it was yesterday. I sent this to you. It was all of five minutes before Money in the Bank started. I was just scrolling through my Facebook, just 
killing time. I was like, okay, pay per view starting soon. I got time. Got everything ready, my pay per view snacks, all this shit. And then I see this story pop up, and I was like, wait a minute. Because if you, you, if you know, you've looked on Facebook, sometimes it doesn't show the whole picture. So I saw from about the bottom of his nose to the top of his eyebrows, and I was like, wait a fucking minute. There's no way that's what I think it is. Click on the link, and lo and fucking behold. <laughs> I just like, again, really? Is what we doing, bro? <laughs> I only have the bullet points because I skimmed it. I haven't really read. We're going to dig into it now and see what they're saying. According to Fox San Antonio, he was arrested over the weekend. Police said that uh, the victim told police that the real got angry at her and assaulted her, which left her with injuries. He slapped her on the head, and he. She asked what he's doing. He slapped her again. He. Slap you. He forced her to put on a dress and dance for him, and told her not to cry, and if she did, he would drop her son in the middle of the road somewhere. What is he a fucking supervillain? Really? Fuck! <laughs> did he have a black cat? Was he on the fucking? Was he on the fucking goblin glider? <laughs> what? What the fuck is that going on? Said, Maybe get in the dress and dance. What kind of cycle killer is that? He sexually assaulted her. There were photographs of her injuries. He was arrested May 9th, 11 in the morning. He was released on $50,000 bond just before 5.30 p.m. the same day. Apparently, Super Luchas has discovered documents from this past August of 2019 where he was arrested for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. So he's uh he's definitely been still doing crime. Man, that that crime lord shit. Like I always assume he was like some sort of a crime lord in the WWE. I guess it's not just a gimmick. Well, lives a gimmick. You know, he he's living his It's life. still real to me, damn it. Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna see about this uh this arrest report. <laughs> Mark said he out here pimping. <laughs> he out here beating. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's out here doing. <laughs> Let's give me a sec to get the arrest report up. This is the old one, not the new one, to be clear. Right, that's it? Yeah, that's it. That's a sad moment when you gotta make sure they know this is the old one, not the new <laughs> this one. Is, this is the current arrest report. <laughs> this I'm is waiting the current rap is the old one. You know, if you want to see all of them, you gotta wait for the fucking anthology to be released with, oh, the, with, the, with the bonus content and the uh, Alberto Del Rio handcuffs and whip. Jesus. All right, well, there it is. Uh, what else we got? Is the second page of the arrest report here? <laughs> There's yeah, two pages. That's an arrest report. Entertaining stuff. Anyway, so he sexually assaulted or he got released. What else do we have going on here? He became angry when she wouldn't admit to cheating on him. This is according to uh, Dave Meltz, a wrestling observer. He slapped her. Uh, she said that he he slapped her twice upstairs and then dragged her down and slapped her at least eight more times downstairs. Whenever you hear these kind of stories, not to make fun or anything, it's always amazing how people are able to count. Like, what are you doing? Is it like in WWE when they're on the top term? One, two, three. Oh like, God. if somebody slapped me, I wouldn't remember it was eight times. I would lose count after three. I'd be too busy blocking <laughs> and, and I'd be busy blocking and dodging and shit. You know what I mean? Wor <laughs> worried about my well-being, wondering if they're a murderer now. To try to be an attempted murder is an attempt on my life. I'd be so distracted by surviving after three or four slaps that it would kind of be weird to. I was eight. Anyway, I digress. There was a point where uh, she says she kind of blanked and didn't remember, 
And, uh, yeah, like they said before in the other report, she started to wear a dress. Um, take a sun dropper in the middle of the road. He tied her up with boxing straps and put a sock in her mouth and then sexually assaulted her for several hours using various objects. Jesus Christ. He what is this, CSI? He punched her in the back, which left visible marks. She doesn't remember too much after he put his hands around her throat. Oh, we need iced tea and, for this uh, shit. Jesus. And apparently, according to TMZ, this started at 10 p.m. May 3rd and ended at 2.30 p.m. May 4th. So it was 16 hours of being allegedly sexually assaulted and beaten while tied up by him. And made to dance. That is a strange story. Right. Hmm. Thoughts, anyone? I don't, I don't even really have thoughts on this. <laughs> I mean, you know the sad part about it? The fact that it's Del Rio makes it believable. Because we, we have already seen this man is off his tits. <laughs> Look at that face. Like that. A face looks like somebody who will make you dance and threaten you get gas if you don't look at It sounds so <laughs> out there, though, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. The bad part about it is I thought about that when I was when I saw some of it. I was like, it sounds that I will sound so out there. But then it, my, my mind immediately goes to, but it's Del Rio. My mind goes to all kinds of places. Like, first of all, sexually assaulted for 16 hours with various objects. Like, was it premeditated or would he just like stalk around the house and look for anything phallic and then come back like, you know, smiling, wiggling it like, like fucking Ramsey Bolton. Like, haha, look what Round I got like, Exactly. <laughs> then an hour you get bored and he would go looking around for something else. He's looking in the freezer and the fridge and going upstairs. Oh, uh-huh, look what, like, how did this go? Like, what? Doesn't it? Yes, that it trip to sounds, the farmer's market paid it off. It sounds like, really, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it is true. I'm just saying that it, this sounds really out there. Fucking Mark said New Jack looking at him like he crazy. <laughs> what the f- like? Come on. Has anything more developed on the story since since what's going to read? I'm, I'm gonna just take a quick look. I hate to oh. go in the middle of a show, but there has to be more to this. Dude. Like what? Are, what the fuck did we just read? <laughs> Chronicles of Del Rio. Where's Mark Hart of Alberto Del Iter? Oh yeah, no. eat the cake, chicken. I want the cake, puppy. Eat, eat the cake, chicken. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, that's it. I was. You leave me, I kill you. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a straight up villain, huh? <laughs> Paige, you lucky bitch. I swear to God. Yeah, you could have died. We weren't too far off the mark when we were saying that eventually they're going to kill each other, right? Yeah, we were waiting for the we were waiting for the episode to finally happen. Holy shit! Jesus Christ! Like we were like somebody go die in this shit. I don't think we're going to see him back in WWE anytime soon. Nah. So yeah, next time you want to pop on the internet and talk about something, yeah, I'm close to a deal. No, the fuck you're not. Yeah, you're going to be close to a deal with the prosecutor, motherfucker. She will be close to a pre-deal. Alright, are we done with this story? I'm done with the story. <laughs> yeah, it was, it I think I've had my fill. It wasn't that bad. It's not like there's conflicting thoughts or anything to really go into. He's, he's if any, if the allegations are true, he's a crazy psychopath. Fucking nuts. And if they're not, then that's one hell of a crazy exaggeration of, of information, which is coming from multiple right. sources. TMZ doesn't report bullshit most of the time. And then you got Meltzer reporting. I mean, I know he's not the most yeah, credible, he, but the point being, that, it's coming from all these different sources. That's the thing what got me. Like, usually when I see TMZ talk about it, TMZ doesn't just post about anything. Like, that's one of the red flags. When you see TMZ, like, okay, this is going down. Like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> Well, 
hope there's nobody with any kind of virus in whatever cell they're holding. Well, he got out already, you know, so. Yeah, and my son his ass back in? No, fucking. 16 damn hours, huh? Jesus Christ, like a fucking Tom. That motherfucker has more time on his hands than most of the Twitter haters. And now I wait for the heat. That wasn't a pause because I didn't know what to say, people. I was just waiting for the heat. So we got to talk about this week. We're not going to mention it, but we got to talk about this week with the uh, the state of the virus address, how it's affected wrestling, yeah. what the what the different companies are doing, the changes that are going to be happening. Uh, and we just briefly talked about them. We're going to talk a little bit about Ring of Honor because last week we talked a little bit about how uh, in regards to Ring of Honor, they're not uh, going to continue for a while, which I think is going to be a big problem that also kind of hurts their Jeff Cobb logic of being known. Cause then when people go, what's this ring of honor thing? And they tune in and nothing's there. Well, then you just wasted that. But, uh, Je- Joe cough said that, uh, they're using technology to, to communicate with their wrestlers and that they did a whole zoom town hall last week and it was fantastic. And they're going to figure this out and that they're going to come out stronger from this, but he's taking this as an opportunity to learn about, about himself and to learn about his company and to learn about the world. Uh, and what they can learn about it and make sure that they don't make the same mistakes twice. Uh, Tony Khan said that uh, the reason that they didn't release anyone during this pandemic is because they were on a really good run, and what was happening between the revolution and um, and Double or Nothing was going to be the best run of business they've ever had, and they've lost millions and millions of dollars in live events, and he doesn't take it lightly, but he can't take it out of the people that work there because it's not their fault. He can't take it on the people that work there because it's not their fault. And he's really not let anybody go at the company. And he's going to be honest. There's going to be a point where uh, they're going to have to let somebody go, but now's not the time. And it's a hard time for everyone. And it's a hard time for them, but they have to look at the bigger picture. Uh, and they're in good shape. They're the second healthiest wrestling company in the world. And that's really a great place to be. And they haven't let a single person go to do it. So you got to give a lot of credit to the cons, man. Yeah, they actually give a shit about the people who wrestle for them. Yeah, like they definitely have showed great leadership capabilities. You know, and I got to give credit. Looking out for the boys and the girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a good guy. You know, you don't hear from him very often. But there was a misconception recently that this guy, uh, it's just kind of someone who took the company kind of like Dixie Carter. They just kind of suggest things to him, but he's very much the guy who puts the show together, you know, and this is yeah, Tony's like in things. there. Yeah. So that's very cool. Very cool. that They have a guy like that and that this company's handling things the way that it is. They're going out of their way uh, in regards to trying to fight this. They basically uh, they gave rapid test to every stagehand road crew, venue staff, and talent before entering the venue. They have portable wash stations, hand sanitizing stations, mandatory mask covering, social distancing at breaks. Uh, so they're definitely being very careful. Uh, unfortunately, though, there was a report over the weekend that AEW was taping from Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, they were at a hotel, which is the exact same hotel where another event was taking place, UFC 249, which happened yep. this past weekend. And despite AEW being very careful, there was a positive corona test in the UFC world, from what I'm hearing. Jack Ray Souza, right? 
Yep. The alligator himself. Yeah, he has tested positive for COVID-19. He drove to Jacksonville, and he was at that hotel. So Scary. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah like I was, I was shocked whenever it was Jacare. They tested him the first time, and he was negative. Then they tested him the second time, and it was positive. So that's the thing about these tests that makes it an issue. Because that's what happened in the tr- in, in, in the president's cabinet, was that uh, someone tested negative and then tested positive. And uh, people were saying that it just shows that the president was ignorant in regards to, because he was saying that this goes to show the floor in these tests, that, you know, someone tests negative and the next day, for some reason, he tests positive. And they were saying that he's foolish to say that he doesn't understand that what's happening is that the person tests negative and they caught it and tested positive. But that's only if you believe that. It could be people getting false negatives, which to me would be a stronger yeah. assumption than to believe that in 24 hours something changed. I don't think the tests are fully accurate. And if they are, that goes to show that you can't always tell. You know, it's just weird. It's, it's a very weird thing. But that being said, you have the AEW guys who were in the same hotel, but not all of them. And some of them went home already. And you know what? You can't catch it through walls and floors and shit, at, at least it's at, to our knowledge. But um, the Florida governor said that he wants to reopen live events uh, because people need entertainment. But uh, we don't really know if we're going to be able to have fans yet. But they have released uh, a survey, WWE, asking people uh, what kind of stuff they want. Um, like a variety of superstars that they want featured. Matchups, what kind of commentary segments showed in the ring. Number of matches. Interest for superstars featured, featured storylines, number of storylines, set design, interplay between announced teams, smack talk between superstars, backstage interviewers, superstar entrances. You know, I guess what kind of things people enjoy, the level of excitement during matches, the unexpected moments, promos. I mean, I think it all is important. Yeah. You know, but they're talking about uh people's viewing habits whether people like channel surfing i guess they're just trying to figure out how to keep people's attentions then they uh started asking uh if if any of the following would detract fans from the enjoyment of the program and they listed things like putting superstars in the arena as fans matches that occur outside the arena championship defenses use of off-site scenes matches inclusion of celebrities inclusion of more movie-like scenes and action sequences fan crowd reactions during the matches having superstars as part of match commentary supernatural fantastic touches during the show usage of pyrotechnics outrageous moments during matches matches with stipulations comical funny moments between superstars matches with unique camera angle staging and then they asked how likely people are to cut the cord to cable or satellite if they still have it. So, yeah, it sounds to me like they want to figure out what is it that you like. Do you like uh, what AEW is doing? Having wrestlers there as fans because that's where they stole that shit from. Having that suggestion, right. you know, having celebrities, that's something that they have the power to do. You can have ce- fly celebrities in and have celebrities around the outside pop in for the match. I think those are smart moves. Um. All they're going to do is bring back Gronk. So I mean. Matches that occur outside the arena? Yes, I think those are good ideas, too. Those are working out really good. Yeah. Using off-site scenes and matches, I think that's been working out really good. And I wouldn't mind the celebrities. Um, movie-like scenes and action sequences, as long as you don't overdo it, I think that's good. Fan crowd reactions during the matches? No. Not if you're going to Brady Bunch that shit and have them all on boxes around the screen. I don't want that. Um, having superstars as part of the commentary? It depends on who the superstar is. I think there should be a consistent commentary team. Um supernatural fantastic touches during the show i don't think we need too much supernatural or craziness there pyro should be there i think um outrageous moments are part of the business so yeah 
stipulations is stupid that they would even ask. And funny moments, obviously, you want that too. So I don't know. A lot of this shit is common sense that they're asking about. You know? And the problem with them is I feel like everything that the fans say they want, they're going to do their typical WWE thing. Every second of every show, they're going to do as much of it as possible. And just run it into the ground. Like, there's going to be 45 celebrity appearances within the first two seconds. And I'm like, eh. It's like, if I want to see freaking wrestlers as the crowd, I'll just watch AEW on Wednesday. I'm good. Like, Yeah, exactly. But, um, they, I mean, they're trying, you know, and they did good. They, I think I can't take anything away from WWE and their current incarnation yeah. because they've they've learned, they've adapted, they've done everything that they've had to do. You know? so, so far, they've been fine. Yeah. So, like, who the hell are we to complain about it when it's been so good? You know, I wouldn't say so good, but it's been better than what we've expected. We thought it would have already crashed into the ocean by now and become the new Atlantis, you know, and it really didn't. All right. Well, last bit of virus related news and this is actually some good news uh it comes from our buddy okada remember him rainmaker the rainmaker and he made it rain because he donated five million yen to the nippon foundation's special relief coronavirus fund which in american money will be forty six thousand eight hundred and seventy dollars that's a lot of money so the rainmaker's doing what he can oh yeah helping out He's quoted as saying, I'm always grateful for New Japan Pro Wrestling fan support, and it's my hope that I can get back to hearing the cheers of sold-out crowds as soon as possible. It's usually me receiving the support and power of the people, but now I feel it's my turn to lend support to medical staff fighting the disease. I hope fans continue to stay home, stay healthy, so we can return to the ring as soon as possible. That is the rainmaker right there. Good man. Good man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so much cool. So much good stuff going on. True that. So AJ Styles, what is this? He has a he has a new commercial here. Oh god. Do we want to know? Am I gonna regret this? Um, maybe maybe we should start screening this shit again before we come on here. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sometimes the natural reaction is funny. Alright, well you're about to get one. What's up what guys? It's phenomenal AJ Styles here. And check out these phenomenal reactions from when I teamed up with DQ and we surprised the WWE universe. No matter what, he just puts on that show. He just Oh, oh my god! god. Shut Whoa. We got this same. Oh these we've Look seen stunts like this before. Oh, these are fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, did I get you? That's because I'm too sweet, baby! Hey, here's my two favorite girls right here. Come here. Come here. You know what? The heat's oh my God. So weak. Oh, 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 I am so grateful to have a chance to create these unforgettable moments with my fans and their families. All you gotta do is eat at a Dairy Queen. I've never even seen a Dairy Queen. I haven't seen a Dairy Queen in years. And now he'd be careful. He want to fuck around and be AJ Shockmaster. Like, no. <laughs> Someone puts a fucking two by four across the bottom of it. <laughs> is that Uncle Alan? <laughs> <laughs> that gimmick was forever ruined, man. <laughs> I've never seen a man. I've never seen something birth and die all in the same second. I think that's Uncle Fred. <laughs> That motherfucker never recovered. Good, he never should have. No hope. Just, oh, God. Instant dead. 
Daniel he Cormier. dropped in Warzone and forgot to pull the parachute. Daniel Cormier also had a Mark Out moment. Did you hear about this oh, one? Jesus. Oh, I, I haven't, but I can imagine it's the funniest fucking thing. Uh, here we go. I'm getting my morning workout, and I run into the legend Jake the Snake Roberts, one of the most violent heels in WWE history. I'm starstruck. I'm starstruck. <laughs> Come on, DC. Rail it back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Cormier remembers Jake, right? Oh, yeah. Cormier was there when Macho Man got bit. <laughs> You're right. Probably was. I was there. I mean, I wasn't physically there, but I was there. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. You, I'm you're never too famous to mark out. Uh, never, never, never. So, uh, what else do we got going on here? AEW was actually fined, according to this, the Maryland State Athletic Commission fined AEW $10,000 for th- their unsanctioned match. Um, yeah, the fucking Omega and Moxley one, like... What happened was a WCW announcer, Christopher Cruz, sent in a complaint about the match. I don't know. I don't get it. What did he complain about? Did the easy, <laughs> he says, look, the easy thing to say in response to the $10,000 fine levied at AEW by the MSAC is that it is pocket change for a billionaire. I get that, but it ain't nothing. And it is public or will be on May 20th when the commission meets and then posts the consent order on its website and distributes it to all the commissions throughout the country. And keep in mind that the next violation will result in a revocation of the license in Maryland and possible show stoppage in, in the middle of a match. The commission is on notice now that others are watching its actions. This puts AEW on notice as well, and it embarrasses the company. By this time tomorrow, the story will have spread far and wide, and it will appear by mainstream publications. This is a black eye for AEW and for the business. <laughs> Sounds like a bad guy, right? What is this? What am I reading here? This is. Did he really put the <laughs> in No, I did that. Okay, obviously. I was about to say, but um, Jesus Christ, what what the hell, right? Like, why did this? Guy, what is? Why does he care if he's an old WCW, some old washed-up WCW announcer? Why does he give he, a shit? Does he have nothing better to do? He didn't have a girlfriend or something. He probably wanted to work there, and they were like, "Now nah, we're good." Like, Jesus, you see what happens when you get these single, hungry, thirsty dudes out there? Did Penelope Ford not sign your toenail? Like, what is going on here? I don't even fully understand that story, to be honest. Like, what? right? What is happening? <laughs> really weird. So Triple H is the latest person to unload a whole bunch of WWE stock. The game himself. Can you believe that shit? I'm getting my morning workout. Oh. Ah, I and I run into the legend, Jake the Snake. <laughs> I didn't mean to press that. Cormier scared the shit out of me. I didn't even hit the, mean to hit the button there. <laughs> I look up like, what the fuck is Cormier had to do with this? Was he the, Did he mark out for that shit too? Did he get Triple H is selling stock, baby? <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But yeah, a, according to the SEC filing, he sold off 23,255 shares of the company's stock this past Monday on May 4th. They were at 43, still at the 4380 that they were up before. Uh, he made about a million bucks. Triple H made a million bucks, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm here with him right now, man. He's going to buy everybody Dairy Queen. Oh my god! <laughs> Very quick. He still has a hundred and four has a hundred and forty four thousand six hundred and forty six shares of Class A common stock. So, selling off twenty three thousand, he made a million dollars, and he still has one hundred and forty four thousand shares. He still has tons of stock left. 
You know, we talked last week about Kevin Dunn and the fact that he let let a whole bunch of stock go as well. Stephanie has actually sold a million dollars worth of shares also. 23,255. Is that the same number as Triple H? 23,000? Yeah, they both sold exactly Triple H and Stephanie. These came in as two different stories. I just noticed they both sold exactly 23,255 shares. Her sold. Hold on a minute. He sold his at 43.80 each. She, she sold hers at 44.29. So maybe it rose slightly before the sale went through. I, I've, <laughs> yeah, holy crap. Well, anyway, that, that's the, that is the, the stock report. We do stocks on here too now. We do it all, right? Okay. We talk about virus protection, stocks, criminal court cases, all kinds of stuff. We even talk about embezzlement. That's the next story. I'm just making this shit up. Embezzlement. All right. What the fuck's this? Oh, I remember this. This is, uh, What's his name? Good old Ted DiBiase. Remember we talked about the oh, story God. a while ago? I think so. Oh, well, Christ. Ted, at the time, it was Ted DiBiase Jr. And I guess this is Ted DiBiase Sr. Yeah. Remember there was a scandal where, like, the the young Ted DiBiase was uh, embezzling money? That motherfucker was rolling around with the most ragtag, and I mean rag fucking tag group. Ooh. The motherfucker looked like he hit the fucking random button on a creative mode in a Dead Rising game. Like, yeah, I'm trying to see here exactly what happened. Yeah, Ted DiBiase's nonprofit organization, Heat of David Ministries, received five thousand in grants in 2013, and they bought two hundred seventy-one thousand dollars in welfare cash. Um, yeah. So I guess what they're basically saying here, this is a big audit. Oh my god, we're not going to spend all the time on the air and read a giant audit of these guys. But we the summary is that ninety four million um of the money's in question. Uh let's see here. Money to hire lobbyists, which is unallowable, with no paperwork describing the work the lobbyists were were hired to do. These are the these are the uh the examples, I guess, of the charges. They hired former DHS director John Davis's family members, sometimes paying them up up front in lump sums. These are things they shouldn't have been doing. Paid large sums to wrestlers Ted DiBiase and his son and uh, for work that was not performed, unreasonable travel costs, little proof of the programs, helping the needy. So this was supposed to be to help the needy and they apparently weren't using the money right. They used money to find religious, to fund religious concerts with no proof that they actually benefited anyone. Um, they uh, made multiple donations to the American Heart Association, Mississippi Highway Patrol, Booster Club, Pageant. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. Oh, and provided no proof that the donations were used to help. Okay. Maybe that's bad. Yeah, that's kind of bad. They, uh, they did like a lot of, they, they spent stuff like they were given over 60 million in grants for DHS while raising just under 1.6 million from other sources. Um, they paid Victory Sports Foundation, TNF money for fitness programs. Um, for Mississippi legislators and other elected officials, staffers at no charge. They paid salary, cell phone bills, and other costs to members of, of the, of it. Um, yeah, I mean, this list goes on and on and on and on. They transferred six million to private school organization owned by Nancy New and also purchased curriculum supplies with funds for the school with TNNF funds for the school. They paid speeding tickets for her with the funds. $3,000 check to bookkeeper, to the bookkeeper of MCEC with a handwritten note saying that the payment was actually for John Davis. So I guess they were writing fake checks to just get money moved. All right. Well, I think we've read enough here. It sounds 
Like they did a lot of shit. <laughs> sound like they were stealing money, if you ask me. <laughs> Christ. Thief. Yeah, but the fun doesn't end there because apparently uh, Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man himself, is selling his house. You hear about that? I think I heard a little bit something about this. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they were both named as embezzlers, and uh, he has a home in Madison, Mississippi. He's wanting $1.5 million. Maybe he figures if he pays them back to... (laughs) (laughs) It's all connected. It's It's a lakeside home. Oh, shit. It's 1.42 acres overlooking Reunion Lake, 16,000 or 6,000 square foot residence, 5.5 bathrooms. Look at that. He really was living like the million dollar man, huh? Now you can live like the million dollar man. Somebody tell Virgil. Motherfucker, have a lifetime of meat sauce. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you can have, you can have a literal meat sauce mountain in your backyard. Fucking nothing but fucking meat sauce and olive, olive garden breadsticks for everybody. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk the weeklies a bit. Like I said, we're not going to go into detail about the weeklies anymore, but we can just talk a tad. In regards to AEW, I thought that was a great match between Moxley and Kaz. Um, Moxley, oh, yeah. Fantastic job. Moxley at the end being jumped by the Dark Order. And, uh, you know, the whole Brody Lee situation happening. Which is kind of funny when we're looking at this because, I mean, Brody basically challenged Mox for a fight at a, I think it was double or nothing for the world championship. Yeah, I think I have a clip here. It's, Let me see. This might be this might be the clip before you go any further. Yeah. Um, let's get Ted DiBiase's criminal face off of the shit, right? Right. Thieving ass. <laughs> yeah. But you stole that heritage, didn't you, bitch? <laughs> what is this Brody thing? Oh! There it is. Paradigm shit right out of that. Turn the shower on. Wow. What a battle. What a battle. Here's your winner, the AEW World Champion, John Moxley. As my dear late friend, Gorilla Monsoon, would say, it's all over. Moxley, he kept that paradigm shift in the chamber until he absolutely needed it. Monsoon. Wait a minute. Oh! It's members of the Dark Order. What the hell? The the followers just attacking oh, these hyenas. What is what? Five, six, seven on one here? It's like watching Dynasty Warriors in reverse. Just had a hell of a match, too. For security, for God's sake. Yeah, here comes SCU. SCU, who's had no shortage. Yeah, there have of been intensity with Dark Order. Absolutely, there's been plenty of problems with SCU and Dark Order. But John Moxley has been mauled. This is a mugging. This happened outside the stadium. These men would be arrested for God's sakes. And now, oh, oh my God! Christopher Daniels slammed out on that ramp. His body contorted. He bounced off like a basketball. I would ask what the motive is here, but no one knows what the motive is for the Dark Order. We don't even know who these guys are. And That's no, right. There's no clues about nothing. I didn't see these guys hanging around here earlier today. You kind of would notice a guy in a mask. Right, Excalibur? Hard to, no. hard to go through security at the airport. Not when everyone's wearing masks, JR. Oh, Scorpio Sky! Man, what a spine <laughs> stupid. Even civilians, JR. That's number 10. He's been watching Arn Anderson. That's takes. number 10, and that's one of the... Uh, look at Moxley, for God's sake. Look at the size Is there of no help? Is there, is there nobody else here that... 
is there no one who well, can stand up against these evil foes? Both Daniel Scorpio Steyer down and out. John Moxley's been pummeled. Not Continues to be pummeled. Dark Order just complete. Oh. And of course. Brody Lee. The exalted one is here. Oh. Going chair crazy. Who was that he took out? He's got his followers here. He's got his followers just laying waste to John Moxley. And now look at John Moxley being held helpless. Held by the putty patrol. Dark Order. Oh, oh, Brody oh. Lee with a clean shot. Almost beheading John Moxley. A discus lariat out of out of the heights, man. A massive, what kind of suit very Rowan's athletic gonna have. man that's hungry for success. <laughs> He's hungry to no lead suit. his men to, to accomplish great things. Well, you know what? It, it's Listen, it's easy. Hold on. Mr. Moxley, I am just here to answer the bounty that you put on your very head last week. And there's no crowd here to save you. No energy to lift you up. No one's here to save you, Mox. This, this, Mr. Moxley, this is the energy you feel now. You understand me? I have so much that you desire, Mox. And I certainly not the same person that used to look eye to eye with you in the past. I am a leader. I make lives extraordinary. And at any point, any one of these noble, distinguished men will stand up and sacrifice themselves for me. And we... Truly appreciate you making yourself available to us tonight. But let me apologize ahead of time. You are the unfortunate soul that has come into possession with something that I want. Something that I desire. Something, Mr. Moxley, that I need. Now, Evil Uno, he tells me that you're a reasonable man, but you have the crown jewel of professional wrestling. And this is a challenge for the AEW World Championship. But I don't know if you're reasonable, Mox. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are. I don't know if you're an actor. I don't know if you're a movie star now, an MMA fighter, a rebel. I don't know what you are. Or if you're just a scared little fatherless boy from Cincinnati. Answer my challenge, Mox. Or we, we will make you. What the hell's he mean by that? He said answer the challenge. And they Dude, all you had to do was ask. <laughs> wow. Well, a challenge has been laid down for the world. Oh! Right in the face. God! That running kick right in the face. Moxley's hands are down. He didn't expect it. And he's been through a hell of a Oh, match. my God. Now look at this. For the love of God, somebody stop this. Seven on one for the second time. 
They softened him up for the exalted one who has laid down the challenge, something that he wants, the AEW World Championship. He yeah. took that beating. Right? Took it like a champ. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of funny. Two people who WWE screwed up with massively are now going to headline double or nothing for a world championship. Yeah, that does say a lot, right? It's amazing. It's almost like AEW knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> so we also had a uh, what's Jake's guy's name again? Um, Lance Vance Lance Archer. Right, right. Hoyt, Mister Hoyt himself. Yeah, he, Hoyt. he goes. I forgot it was Hoyt. But yeah, he goes over QT Marshall. And uh, well, first of all, Brandy did like a little video package, right? Like against Jake. Like she yeah. talked shit to Jake. I think that's sort of what instigated this whole thing. Let me see if I have that here. A little. Let's see. There we go. Hello, Mr. Roberts. I decided to take a moment to respond to your advances. Lance Archer's brutal attack on my brother-in-law, your constant name-calling of me on national television, those were all messages clearly received. And I've studied you long enough, I think I know what happens next. A confrontation. You'll confront me in the ring your murder hawk muscle in tow. Maybe you guys back me into a corner, make me feel real small, scare me. And just as I begin to perfectly personify the damsel in distress, here comes my hero, my husband, running to my rescue and right into your trap. Textbook stuff, really, I mean, in your heyday, that would be perfect, but today, there's a hole in that plot. It's not 1991 anymore, Jake, and I remember what you did. But you're not going to slap me in my face and have it go unanswered. If you slap me in my face, I'm going to hit you back. My husband is the good guy. Side of the company, he's shaking hands and kissing babies. And me, well, I'm more challenging to pinpoint. My mother told me something a long, long time ago, and it really resonated with me. She said, uh, don't people you don't know. You might know my family, our history. You know most of the people that I do business with today, and you've known them for longer than me, but you don't know me. I'm not Caesar's Cleopatra or Samson's Delilah. I'm not Bill's Monica. That was cute. I'm Brandy Rhodes. I am the chief brand officer of All Elite Wrestling. And from now on, you will keep my name out of your dirty old mouth. He said, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know my struggle. What you know about Brandy Ross? <laughs> I'll tell you this. After Hoyt went over, uh, Britt Baker, she wound up hitting the Jake the Snake DDT on Brandy on the outside. That was the one. That's when you don't recall. Yeah. Your head's just planted and you're fucking dead on the ground. In the old games, used to call it the dangerous DDT. Mm-hmm. And then we got some, uh, we got some vintage Jake action after that. Yeah, a new Damien. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. No, no, what the what? hell? Oh my God! Look at the giant snake. The, the snake the that s- Jake Roberts used for many, many years. I don't know about that. How long do you think of snakes? This is, the, is another one, but. You got He's not doing this. No, no. Because Damien no, was no. killed by earthquake. Away in the 90s. Remember? <laughs> I heard a little difference. 
This is his response to what Brandy oh, said, I guess. With his brother Lucifer. Oh, my Lord. Oh, and Jake. Look at this. Just getting in the face. This is of Brand- oh. Good job at oh, staying is, completely still. You kind of have to, like, to keep the snake calm. This too, is Jake but. Roberts, though. She responded recently. She, she said she's never been AEW. afraid of snakes. Can you imagine when Cody finally sees this? How he's going to react? Oh, my God. It, it is just more fuel for the fire for the TNT Championship we're really, at Double or Nothing. We're really spread out here at Daly's Place, and the locker rooms are over by the stadium. Well, yeah, you, you've got to take a you got to take a golf, a golf cart, cart, yeah, to get there. And Lance Archer and Jake Roberts oh my God. just taking pleasure Jeez. in this, 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 frankly, sickening display. The yeah. symbolism of this is so distasteful and so disrespectful to Brandy and her entire family. I love that part where he faked through the snake. <laughs> that was That's my <laughs> moment right there. You so fucking... Yeah, let's get ourselves back together here, folks. <laughs> You could hear everybody scattering. Like, if he would legit just throw that shit into the crowd like that, I love it. He's such a great heel. He's such a great heel. Still to this day. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so Jason makes a point. Like, this Damien back in the day used to be huge. Yeah, we don't have as much like, stuff to was... feed snakes nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. We also had less sex gods. Less sex gods. Sammy. That shit was great. Devar and Jericho against Broken Matt Hardy in his wrestling debut and Kenny Omega. And uh, they did that thing where during the commercial break of the intros, we have Sammy Guevara out there and all of his signs are in like different languages, like Japanese and Korean and French. And he's basically saying, hit me up in every language. Mm. And uh, before the match starts, fucking Matt Hardy grabs Guevara's hand and bites it. I've never seen a match start like that. That Damascus guy's not playing. I can't tell when he's transforming to so many different forms now, right? He's like a saying. Yeah, apparently uh, he actually want to be in a Damascus layer in the match. Right, like right, right now, he's still Matt Hardy. But. Okay, he just bites people. He's biter Matt Hardy. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> biter I, Matt Hardy. <laughs> I did like Omega doing the poetry in motion with uh with Matt Hardy, sort of like with the back elbow. I guess is what it would be variation. Yeah. And uh, Hager and and Jericho, they literally put Matt Hardy on ice. They they stuff him in a Jacksonville Jaguars freezer, and I guess that's what turns him into Damascus. He doesn't like Jacksonville, or does he not like the Jaguars? Uh, probably doesn't like that one. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> there's this big crazy brawl around the arena, and then he, you're right, he does uh, come back out of the freeze, and now he's Damascus. And uh, but line of line part. of the night, line of the night, and I don't know why <laughs> it works so well for me. But he gets in a fucking golf cart and then looks at the cameraman and goes, "I need you to document these events," and then he drives <laughs> off. <laughs> It was just like last, oh last thing he said before he drives the golf car. I need you to document these events. Uh, I guess because he's assuming he's gonna kill someone with this fucking golf cart. Then he uh he goes after Sammy Guevara, like he he clips Jericho, but then you he, he's running after Sammy. Oh, this it's just a completely crazy. Uh, Yo, the way Sammy sold getting hit by that golf cart. He that was the funniest thing. It, it looked good. It looked really good. It looked amazing. Yeah. I was concerned after he got hit by that golf cart. Yeah. Oh. And uh, the heels wind up on top at the end of this anyway, right? Like the last shot of them yeah. were flipping the bird. And uh, the baby faces wind up eating a bit of shit as usual, which seems to be the results that happen here when you're dealing with these guys. Yeah, this this, this group is no joke. 
Yeah, but it was an all-out crazy brawl. Well, totally worth it to have a brawl like that. They're so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, AEW, they're, they're, they're going at a good pace, you know? There's nothing oh, about yeah, them that I have any wrong. complaints in regards to. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the cool thing about it was we saw a lot more people that we haven't seen in a while. We yeah, got to well, see Nyla Rose back uh, next week. No, actually, this Wednesday, Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega are going to fight PMP, proud and powerful. So yeah, they are which, coming back. Which, speaking of, they were at the end of this little situation here. They were uh, Santana and Ortiz show up and they attack Hardy and Omega. And uh, that's when everybody gets beat up and Hardy winds up going through the table. They do this shield powerbomb yeah, to match Hardy through the table. Using uh, Hager, I believe, was the Roman of this, right? Yeah, Hager, yeah. Hager was the power base, so. And uh, Jericho power bombs Omega through the roof of that golf cart. So hopefully these events have been documented. Right. And then he hits him with the uh, Judas effect. And that's it. Yeah. I, I, I like them not going for the predictable thing of like, hey, it's Matt Hardy's first match. Of course he's winning. Like, they literally are telling you, like, you are good. <laughs> like, we don't give a shit if it's your first, not your fifth. Like, this inner circle is nothing to joke with. Yeah, and apparently when they went off the air, the cameras were still on, and there was some profanity caught on the air. Is that what happened? Oh, God, I hadn't heard. No, Jesus. Let's have a look. And we'll see you right back here next Wednesday night on TNT. And stay tuned for our friend, Zach Light. The best! The best! (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I like that. That makes it better. I love the way it ends. You fucking... That was good. That entertained me. Too fun, too fun. There it is. There's a clip for anybody who didn't get to see it. All right, so NXT. Anything mentionable in NXT? I like Johnny Gargano's new heel music, even though a lot of people yeah. have been complaining about it. You know, like you can't stick with fucking happy rebel heart forever. Get over it. Yeah, well, that was a really cool song. So it sucks that yeah. we don't get that anymore. Yeah. Like Gargano had dope music. But uh, yeah, people saying his new one's too generic. And he said, he tweeted, what a surprise. People are crying because they don't get what they want. Hashtag rip rebel heart. There you go, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have to listen to it again to, uh, to a yeah, it's For me, at least, it's going to take a little getting used to. That's yeah. the main thing with me. I mean, if you're a heel, you're not supposed to have cool stuff. That's yeah, you're not supposed to do. have like happy music. Like. That's something that we got spoiled on the attitude every heels were cool. They had cool entrances and pyro and music and guitar. And on top and of that, that's one thing that hurt Johnny's last heel turn. They kept they kept the same music and it just turned the the, the, yeah. the happy face emoji mean, right? Yeah, that was the only thing. That was the there was no actual significant change because he was still acting like face Johnny. But just if you're gonna be a heel, be a heel. Now, one of the few people I feel like who can get away with it is Finn Balor. So let's let's listen here because we I, I think I have this. Very much, Tom, and indeed a mega lineup. NXT on USA, and what a way to kick off the show. The following contest is scheduled for one fall, making his way to the ring from Cleveland, Ohio, weighing at 199 pounds, Johnny Gargano! Well, the first NXT Triple Crown winner 
has put the no in Johnny Gargano as in no more Mr. Nice Guy, no more company man, and no more heart and soul of NXT Beth. He says he's all heart, no soul. He wants to tear down NXT and rebuild it in his vision. Tomorrow, a disturbing transformation to say the least. He stopped no, no, no. talking to the NXT I'm, 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 for support. I'm mixed on it, you know? Yeah, He's it's still too fresh for me to say I like it or I hate it. Like, I did, it's different for sure. They are sure in generic. But it's just, it's gonna take me here in that a couple of weeks in a row, like, where I'm like, okay. For Gargano, it's now about four letters. Yeah, it does, it does have some genericness to it. That's the one thing. His old music didn't sound like yeah. anyone else's music, which I think is really important. Yeah, Rebel Heart was completely Yeah, it's never good when your when your music used to sound different from everyone else's, and it does sound like like yeah. I can't even remember the the one we just played before this. And then on top of that, the fact that there was a Perry Moore that did Rebel Heart, everybody knows that band. Right, exactly. That that's what also. That's probably why Rebel they got Heart rid of it. They don't have to pay for that shit anymore. Yeah. That's the same reason why they won't give Seamus back his music. He's after his old music, the one with singing in it. It's yeah. not, that's yeah. his, not this shitty one he has. Probably yeah, cheap, not cars, about to... You know, like, you could hear this song and it's tell it's not like a cheap, you know, corporate-made song, you know what I mean? And that's probably... Yeah, you can tell fucking CFO dollar sign and make that shit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I know he's gone, but still. Yeah. Oh, God, but I mean, we talk about entrances. Holy killer cross, Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your boy Dude. show up. Your boy show up. What? <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. That was fantastic. Your boy came straight out of TNA, like if he came from AEW, right? Karen Cross, basically, uh, Karen Cross made his debut with Scarlet, and this entrance was amazing. Yeah, let's take a look at this here. I'm pretty sure you aren't come on here without this. Oh, hell no. I'd have quit the show at that moment. Like, no, I'm done. That's it. No, I think you would have just went and got it. <laughs> but here it is. <laughs> Check this shit out. Well, this man is huge. TNA cameras did not do justice how big he is. Yeah, well, 
Well, they still get the cameras at the last surviving Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, Radio Shack. On the back of that his neck. Doomsday Saito suplex looked rough. It's a horrific looking move. I have never seen a and, uh, Leon Ruff again. The, the, the bargain bin Leo Ruff. They brought back you know what the funny thing about it is though? The his, ref is his girlfriend. Yeah, I know. The ref is actually... Uh, yeah. Her name is Aja Smith. Yep. She actually tweeted and said, if you would have told me a year ago I'd be a referee, let alone my ref let alone referee my boyfriend's match on TV, I would have never believed it. Life is so cool. So yeah, Leon Ruff. The the referee of his look at that, his girlfriend got to watch him get his ass kicked. Yeah, the Tuesday side has always been a nasty looking hook. It's the speed and the angle he throws it. Look at these two lovebirds living the dream. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Nasty ass Saito suplex, and then you get tapped in front of your, your sweetheart. Marion Cross is the God damn bless America. Devil. What the hell did NXT <laughs> just let in its doors? I love that call, because that call sold the how vile that was. Tell the tale. NXT had <laughs> better get used to this demonic That was presence. cool. Everything was, was cool there. Everything was like five star, you know? What I like so much about that entrance is at the beginning, I couldn't tell where the Titan Tron ended. It just all looked like one giant environment. Like, that was an amazing entrance. Yeah. And uh, the people out there were mentioning the uh, the Scarlet lip syncing thing as she was coming to the ring. Like, for those of you idiots out there complaining about the lip syncing, first of all, it's her song with her voice singing the actual fucking song in the track. So she's lip syncing, probably. But she's lip syncing her own shit. The voice you're hearing is her doing the song. And I believe that's how it works everywhere. Like if you went to see Britney Spears, her track is playing and she's singing along, but the track's still running, right? Isn't that how they do it nowadays? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, she didn't do anything wrong. That's her singing. People are just fucking stupid. Like if you don't like it, turn the goddamn channel and shut the fuck up. That's actually pretty impressive when you think about it. The fact that somebody came was able to put a song like that together and have their voice in it and then sync to the shit for an entrance to a wrestler. Jesus Christ. Just because some of y'all fuckers can't sing even with the lips, like, don't matter. Like, all right, Holy like, crap. Can't make anybody happy. You know? And, that, and this is what I'm talking about. This is the reason why Raw and SmackDown suffer. It's so, sure, there's bad booking, but it's the fans, too. Because watching a few months from now, if this guy makes it to the main roster, people are going to be like, who the fuck's this guy? And I'll bury the thing before it even gets a chance. While people like us are trying to explain the whole fucking origin of what we went through. And it won't matter. That's all. That's ultimately the way these things always go, you know? They got to yeah. open their mind. And it's partially WWE. They got to push that fucking middle brand even more, you know, because they're in competition right now. And also to get those guys' names out there. They need the, the younger talent. Right. But yeah. But yeah. Hell, hell of a debut by them. Hell going. of a debut. Doomsday Saito Suplex Cross Jacket Finisher. Yo, I forgot how nasty that Doomsday Saito looked. It scared the hell out of me. And I was like, oh, I remember this one now. Yeah. Clearly, they're done with Trevor Lee because his Cameron Grimes persona's out there talking shit about Finn Balor just for Finn Balor to bitch him out. He comes out like, you said what? You said what about me? <laughs> you talking he was shit, like, boy? He was like, man, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> like, he just completely like, bitched him out there and he got his ass kicked. And it was that, great. And the sad part about it is now he's going to take another one because this Wednesday it's Balor versus Grimes. Yeah. I don't know why they oh. did that. I, they, they, he had such a strong, another guy who he came in here who was stronger than I've seen him when he was Trevor Lee in the Indies. And they just said, ah, you know what, jobber. 
Like, it's changed their mind. They're like, never mind. You remember he used to have, like, the hat and shit, and he did, like, a little dance, and he looked all cool and confident, and he would squash oh people in their matches and shit. That motherfucker would run through people in seconds. Now it's just over. It's just depressing. They, they, they can't hold on to anything. They can't keep anything in its current state, even when it works. Even when it works. And uh, Charlotte has her match against Io Shirai, which Io looked really good out there. But we don't incredible. Even, well, we don't even really get for the match to complete. Because uh, we get a return here. We get freaking Rhea Ripley, right? Yeah, after Charlotte used... What did Charlotte use? Like a Kendo stick and get DQ'd or something? Yeah, pretty much. We were in the Wait midst of an instant... Oh my God, it's Rhea Ripley! Rhea Ripley is back here on NXT! First time since losing the title to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania! And Ripley delivering the punishment to Charlotte Flair! Rhea Ripley gunning for Charlotte Flair. I love when the heel goes out the other side of the ropes. Like, aha, stupid. <laughs> it's such a sly, douchey little move. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Momentum, bitch. wins the match, but via disqualification. You can't end like this. Ripley telling Shirai to shut up. It's unfinished business Uh-oh. in the NXT women's ah. division. Ah. Shirai upset what? with Rhea Ripley. Ah. Ripley wants Charlotte Flair. Ah. NXT women's nice championship nice. picture. Nice. As foggy as ever. Ah. Shut up! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame her for feeling that way, though. She said it like four times. Oh, God. See? See? The visa didn't... There was no visa issues. Relax, people. Yeah, Eel Shirai's awesome. Rhea oh, Ripley, she, if you can even call it that, did you see her tweeted response to her return? I had not. Let me get this. Oh, God. I'm scared. Rhea, what you do? You know what? I want to make sure it's on the screen. I want, I want, to, have the oh, large, I want to have the large screen up before we, we even oh, play, yeah. Cause oh, it, shit. Just because it's fast, but I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> so she put this up. I'm back, bitches! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm guessing that's Dragon Ball Bridge Vegeta. Because he would never yeah. say that in the actual fucking thing. I'm back, what? bitches! In the front. <laughs> I mean, we've seen from, see from WrestleMania, she's a Vegeta fan. That That's like, true. I didn't think you. about that. You're right. She she did yeah. she did do the Vegeta thing before. Oh <laughs> God, that is amazing. We play it one more time. That was wonderful. All right, hold on a minute. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> How can you not love that girl? I swear. That is incredible. <laughs> oh God. See how much fun Wednesdays are. I'm saying, like, it's so enjoyable. Too much, too much. So, AEW had 732,000 viewers. 0.28 in the 18 to 49 demographic, whereas NXT had 663,000. Once again, coming in underneath with the uh, 0.18 to 18 to 49 demographic. So, they walked by 10 points. Looks like we're back to normal here. They had that streak for a while, but it's all said and done. Um, SmackDown, we don't really have to talk about because we already did a post show for the pay per view. The one thing that really did matter was the uh, the the Mandy Sony Deville storyline, 
really and, and i kind of find it shitty that they had that blow-off beat on smackdown instead of on a pay-per-view like you had this whole build up this team that's been together fire and desire for the longest time you slowly had that revelation of the heel turn and now the blow-off match was on smackdown it was underwhelming and then mandy gets rolled up for a stupid reason and it just felt i hope that wasn't the end of it but it was even a shitty start or middle or whatever it is you know right I don't know if there's anything else you cared about with SmackDown. Cause that was pretty much my whole statement on SmackDown. <laughs> there ain't nothing we can talk about on, on Sunday. All right. Well, 0.2040 million viewers, which is slightly up from the 1.941. So 2.40 million against 1.941 from last week. They're slightly up. Yeah, I guess they're slightly up. Yeah, just a little bit. Show. And uh, let's see what this is here. So according to, uh, despite what we were hearing, Fox isn't really going to be doing anything against SmackDown. So uh, remember, we were worried about the cancellations and everything. It sounds like they're safe for the moment. And they're also going to be incorporating Gordon Ramsay cooking competition into WWE. Oh, God. I don't see Gordon Ramsay as GM. Because I guess Fox also has Gordon Ramsay. That's one of their properties. So I don't know. <laughs> Whatever boost ratings, right? All right, right, all right, right. Anything about Raw tickle your fancy? I'll talk about last week's ratings because every week we talk about how they're breaking new records and new boundaries, right? Well, they did it again. They did it again. One point six hundred eighty-six million viewers. Yo, the newest low, the low, 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 low. (laughs) Yeah, at the rate they're going, they're gonna drop below a million. Well, I can't even tell you what tonight is yet. The verdict. Holy shit! So, uh. Okay, the opening segment to Raw is probably the most important thing that's happened in a long time because we open with Becky Lynch opening the show. And she starts to explain that she has to go away for a while. And she's visibly... She doesn't come out with a championship. She comes out with the briefcase. Yeah. When she came out with the briefcase, I immediately assessed that the title must be inside of it. I just didn't know why. I was like, all right, the title's in the briefcase. So pretty much a wrap. And I hadn't read anything yet either because those stories broke earlier today. But... uh. She says she has to go away. She's visibly emotional. I was thinking, I hope it's not the neck thing. So Nasuka comes out. She's demanding the briefcase. She's like, that briefcase is mine. She's saying in Japanese, why you have my briefcase? And she's like, you know, I know. I know that this briefcase is yours. And she said, but what they didn't tell you guys was that that match wasn't really a money in the bank match for the briefcase. She was like, it's it's for so much more. And uh, there's a brief time. There's a little bit of an exchange before she reveals that the match was for the Raw Women's Championship because she can't fight anymore and then Asuka takes the championship and she starts dancing and healing up she's like I'm the champion I'm the champion and she literally runs all the way to the top of the ramp and jumps up on on freaking the the American announce table Uh, then comes back who who was it that she told to move out of the way she's like get out of here get out of here I'm the champion she moved one of their seats and just kind of threw them out there on the announce table so she'd have the space to dance and so she's dancing up and down the on there all over the fucking announce table then she runs right back up the ramp and gets in Becky's face uh, with the title and she's holding it up. And then Becky says, yeah, you know, go ahead, go and be a warrior because she's going to go and be a mother. And then like Oscar, her jaw, jaw kind of drops. And she's like, what? She's looking and she's like, Becky, mother. And then, Oscar uh, lit up. Yeah, and then she actually hugs her. Like, then there was a shoot hug. There. I don't know if Oscar knew that going out there. And it's incredible. That's it's what really was, incredible that's thing. What I was like, thinking. That, that reaction looked like Oscar didn't know. Yeah. It looks like they just told her when she says she has to go away, just go out. Becky is so accomplished, man, that she even beat Rhonda at that. 
Yo, I saw a meme on Facebook today. That shit said when Becky gets pregnant before you do. And it was just a pissed off Ronda face. Like she even beat her at that. I'll keep my title and start a family. <laughs> Step your game historically, up, Ronda. Historically, the first man to ever successfully get pregnant. You know? Like <laughs> this girl just keeps thing. breaking boundaries, man. So yeah, oh, even though it's kind of sad and bittersweet. Good opening for Raw. It was dramatic, Hell you yeah. know. There, you know, you've definitely felt something because it was it was and, it was a shoot situation here. I I couldn't. Also, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, and also Becky's reign ended at three hundred and ninety nine days. One day shy of four hundred days. Can all, you believe that? She was tapping four hundred. That is some heavy shit, right I there. Mean, first, I mean, first of all, Becky, congratulations. And they just lost like, one of their top people. Yeah, her, yeah, the, like as you say, the main character is out for a while. Like, why would it whole... be easier for her to have known when, when nothing, as, as someone who's doing a, a live show, nothing's better than a natural live reaction. Yeah, they don't even tell the commentary what's going on. Why would they? There's no need for her to know that part. I don't think they wouldn't. But uh, nah, it, it, it would have hurt that moment to tell Oscar ahead of time. Yeah, but. She tweeted, Becky Lynch, she said, I have no idea what happens from here, but I do know that you're, you've made all my dreams come true. I entered the PC in 2013, not knowing anyone. I'll leave the same building tonight with my new family. Thank you all so much. And uh, she spoke to people.com, I believe, about the pregnancy. And uh, she said that she always wanted to have kids. And she's just so career focused that it became one of the things that when you're chasing a dream for so long, She's always wondered if she's going to get around to it. Is it going to happen to her? And then when she got together at Rollins, things started to look a lot clearer. And she knew that he was the person she wanted to have kids with and that it was going to happen. And it was just a matter of when. And he's one of the smartest people that she knows. And he's just an insane, has an insane work ethic, insane integrity. And he's the most generous, kind-hearted person. And he's very focused and uh, on what the right thing is to do always, to grow and correct. And uh, basically, uh, she just thought it was the best person for her. And she said that she took the first pregnancy test wrong. And then she took a few more tests until she finally got a digital one that said pregnant. And uh, she was with Seth at the time and he threw his hands up in the air all excited. And that was that. So now you have a little bit more insight into the the whole thing. Yeah. It was definitely one of the coolest openings I've seen in a long time. Like that one, that was awesome to get to experience that. It's going to be this company's in the fucking jam, dude. Like Becky Lynch <laughs> was like carrying a lot of this. Roman Reigns was carrying the rest of it. Um, their their ratings are going lower and lower every time we talk. Somehow SmackDown's managed to rise a little bit, but this is definitely crazy. I don't want to sour up the Becky Lynch stuff. Congratulations. I'm glad she's getting what she wanted. But uh, man, the world is changing. And even right now, I think that they lost someone. If it wasn't for Becky, you could take anyone else out of the equation of the last few WrestleManias or any big of the four pay-per-views except her yeah and it and she was the focal point you know what i mean exactly. if it wasn't for her there were a lot of times when nothing else good was going on but the stuff that her and ronda and charlotte were in exactly so uh and i've said it for a long time on here that for a little while for these last few months it's become overlooked and almost underrated just how valuable she is and how much she's she's the main character of wwe and she has been for a long time and the fact that they close out manias and big events like that should be the indication of it. And the reason I say main character is because there's been no one else consistent the way that Becky Lynch has been. So Yeah, Becky stayed the same way 
for quite a while now. So it's there for almost two years. It's crazy. Like I, I think we're sort of celebrating, but underselling just how big of a deal this is going to be in the landscape of the the company. And Oscar, of course, it came at a time when Oscar's really coming out of her shell and turning into this crazy personality that's literally drawing in the spotlight. So it might have worked itself out already. Everyone loves Oscar at this point. Oscar's yeah. over in the back. She's over at the fan. So it might be we can keep this thing going for nine plus months. And then you got to ask yourself if she wants to come back. I've seen many a girl in this business more often than not have kids and not come back. And I don't, don't want to be a Debbie Downer here. But really, if you were to go back yeah, to the track record, most of the time going back to the 80s or wherever, whenever anybody's getting knocked up in this business and it's a female, they're, they don't come back a lot. She's young, so it might be different. It, well, we have to see where the chips land, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, things just keep changing here. Yeah. And then, of course, she went to um, the back. Was in a brief interview, and damn near half the locker room came out to congratulate herself. Yeah, they did really. It was interesting to see that much emotion come out of her, and like it it looked like it was. Yes, I'm going to be a mom, but I have to leave my friends. Like, yeah, and I I, I, like one of my one of the coolest things right before she walked to the back. She looked at the camera. She said, "I'm going to miss you all." Yeah, Yeah, special, something special. Yeah. It was glad that we all got to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So other things that stood out to me, we had the moment of bliss. That's what their talk show is called, the Nikki Cross. Yeah. The bliss thing. They had their little fucking thing out there with the coffee drinking or whatever. And we get a surprise return because they're interrupted by the Iconics. Billy yeah, Kay for and the Peyton first Ross. time I could actually hear so, Iconic. Yeah. They say Iconic in the song <laughs> and sound like the song was improved. The two of them come out. They look very refreshed. And uh, they basically say that they don't want to be overlooked. And wind up challenging uh, Cross and Bliss to a non-title. I don't know what I'm supposed to call it yet. They haven't given, they haven't mailed me the word. I'm calling this a non-title. Fuck them. Non-title match, <laughs> which made it obvious that they were going to go over, and they did. They wound up going over. So you got Billy Kay and Peyton Royce returning and beating the champions, even if it was in a non-title match. So good for them. And now, and now next week they get a championship match, which they'll lose, but they're still they're still here, right? Yeah, they out here. They out here. Yeah, that's what matters. <laughs> It was good to see him back, though. I, I had missed him for a while. Yeah. We got a backstage. I was thinking about that the other day. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Just good to see them. But uh, we get a Rey Mysterio interview where he explains that he was thrown off of a roof, but he landed on a second roof just six feet under him. And then Alistair Black landed at that roof after him. And that, uh, I don't know if he was, well, this promo was kind of weird, but it was almost implying like, you know, his life flashed before his eyes. And then I guess Alistair's life flashed before his eyes. And that's <laughs> right. And I guess they're they're friends and almost dying because then it literally went from that to now they're tag teaming against Rollins and Murphy tonight. So it's kind of like, okay, if I get this story correctly, you two thought you were gonna die, and both landed next to each other and went, "Bro, we're not dead." And then you were just the friends after that. I almost like the storyline better where you just went off the roof and they just didn't explain how you were still there rather than the shitty right. one that they gave you. Oh, no, we were, man, you, you're alive. Oh, man. You know, moments like this really make me value what did they hug? Did they have like a little embrace at the bottom of fucking? Everybody's having these moments of clairvoyance during the money in the bank, like fucking Corbin with the mirror breaking. You know, like everyone's having these moments. It's just fucking weird. Well, like, is it the bottom of the roof? I fucking love you, man. But, but that was the story. Apparently, they almost died, which is weird how Corbin, no one's denying it. Like Corbin essentially tried to kill them. But they lived, and now like, yeah. and now they should go fight Corbin. I wouldn't want to fight uh Rollins and his disciple right now. Right. I'd go for Corbin. Hey, you you tried to fucking kill me. It's not like you knew there was well, a second roof there. 
right? Like, you'd know what the fuck was there. As far as he was concerned, those were streets of rage extras. And he was just throwing them off the stage, you know? Oh, my <laughs> he God. He didn't think about where they went afterwards. <laughs> you know? Somebody already hit game over? Fuck it. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, anyway, Ray then congratulates Rollins about being a father. He says, despite everything, you know, this is a great event and everything. And Ronald just has that look, which we'll get into later on. I wish I had a shot of it. If you can try to find me a shot of it, but he just has this weird look, which we didn't even realize that was going to be a thing at the time. Cause this is backstage. And I just thought maybe that moment just looked weird. And he was just like, he's just looking at him and then Ronald just walks off sort of zombified. And then Mysterio looks at the interview and he's like, what a dick. <laughs> like, okay. Guess we're allowed. Whatever. And, uh, yeah, then Rollins, at least his match, where he comes out looking like Jesus after the fact. I'm just fucking look like Jesus two and a half days after he got buried. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, this isn't the full resurrection, the half resurrection. Uh, Someone, like, they, he got up too soon. I don't know what the hell's going on here. That motherfucker, that motherfucker was in transition from two to three Jesus. Yeah, was he? So he's fully zombified. Motherfucker was sweet zombie Rollins. <laughs> I wonder if they put up any of his zombie shit yet. But he's not taking tags from Murphy. You know, like, he's not doing... He's not moving. Yeah, no, he's just he's just frozen on there, and it's weird because uh, it's just a strange time for him to be that way. Because maybe in storyline he's there because he lost Drew McIntyre after he said it was his destiny to win the title and be the prophet and shit. So now he's just broken because it didn't happen. But it's just bad timing with Becky Lynch announcing the pregnancy because more people probably looked at him and thought, "Man, that motherfucker took the news bad," you know, like. <laughs> Like, keep in mind, a lot of people aren't even really watching as many pay-per-views nowadays as they were before we were in this situation. So there's a whole bunch of people that might just be watching this raw and not really know about his whole rant last night during the pay-per-view. It's my destiny, Drew. It's my destiny. It has nothing to do with you. And then losing anyway. And Drew humbling him and shaking his hand. So he's all fucking in shock that he's not the prophet he thought he was. That's the story, I'm sure. But the the, the pregnancy thing, unfortunately... Which is a kayfabe thing. People probably, and this is just my assumption. I haven't read online yet, but I guarantee you, people probably look. There's gonna be memes now of how of how he took the news about getting his girlfriend knocked up. That that fucking face now. Oh God! Even though it's when the somebody character, gonna, when somebody's gonna look at you like, didn't you get a man pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> that face when you got a man pregnant. <laughs> there is some weird shit going on. Yeah, you know, the the, the more into this pandemic we go. The weirder things get. Right. Is there a way? But yeah, they're fucking. I'm trying. I'm still legit. While I'm talking to you, I'm still legit trying to find. You know what? It'll probably be the graphic. If you're looking at the on-demand version of this, his fucking weird face is probably going to be the graphic. But he has the match. He's not taking tags. Even the other guys are trying to snap him out of it. And then he uh he winds up fucking up Rey Mysterio. Right? Like he takes out his eye. Yeah, he basically uh, which it was not a shoot. He uh, <laughs> he basically like put Ray's eye into like the corner of um the steps. Yeah, there's no way for the for anybody who you're fools if you think that was a shoot attack. Are you like, insane? First of all, people, it's a shoot. They cut the cam. They, first what of all, the they fuck, cut the man? cameras. Like nobody's leaving that shit on TV. <laughs> Second so of ridiculous. all, the mask was covering his eye. Like you could, if when on the close up shot, you could see that his face was not even touching the steps. This is why I'm kind of glad there's not crowds because this is why we had motherfuckers rushing the ring, you know, thinking that they're playing hero. You know, what do you mean? How could you even for a moment think that, man? God. It's, it's surreal. <laughs> people are people are a special brand. Unbelievable. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rey Mysterio, I guess he's going to wear a, a freaking uh, 
He's gonna have like what a Pentagon mask with one eye covered. <laughs> I was thinking of that. <laughs> I thought about that mask the other day. I, you know what it is? Because you know, I was following him on Instagram and I saw him post that mask again. Oh man. Uh, okay, please. Uh, 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 Ray! Where is Ray? Where is Ray? Ray! Ray! Stop! Ray! I don't know what happened out there. Jesus, why did he fuck up with Buddy Murphy instead of Wallace? Like, what the fuck was that for, right? I guess maybe Murphy didn't stop him. It's weird, right? Hold me back. I'm gonna beat up your disciple. Oh look, they got. Oh, I got back together. I wouldn't have taken it off. Wow, they're, they're really selling the fight that didn't have any issues with one another, huh? That's just a strange one right there. <laughs> Go after Rollins. He's the one who nearly killed your friend. But then again, I guess I guess if I'm looking at it from that from Black's point of view, Murphy didn't even try to stop him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Oh, this the sick just a six later in time. He thinks that Murphy tried to intercept. Yeah, like he sort of touched. Yeah. Uh, and already hot Alistair, which is, I guess, what caused it. But still, yeah. go, after, go after Rollins. Rollins is still the, uh, the bad guy in this situation. Rey Mysterio, man. I'm surprised he doesn't have PTSD as far as coming to WWE events. Like, you nearly died. You were just talking about how, how you nearly got killed and landed on a roof and made a new friend. And the next day, you lost your eye. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, you also had the Street Profits. I don't even. Ugh. They played basketball. It was terrible. It sucked. If you watched it, I'm so sorry. Okay, moving oh, on. Okay, I won't. I'll throw that clip in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel disrespected. Like it's just so funny. It's the only thing I'll say about this is kind of funny when you hear the fans like, "Oh, the revival were just being babies when they were calling about the tagging division," and then this shit shows up. You know what we got? We have to do. It's only a minute and a, and a minute and change. <sighs> Okay, I'll endure it, but I demand a VA splash after this shit. <laughs> you know, just just uh, just so we can see how far this tagging division is falling. It's just fascinating, you know. One, a couple things I wanted to talk about during this, though, that I, that that I had to point out. All right, like, hold on, I'm bringing it up on the screen now. You better be lucky. You can make me laugh in this shit. Cause I swear to God. <laughs> How long is this? First of all, it's a two-on-two. How long? How long were they on the court? They did four, five-minute quarters. For a two-on-two? But yeah, but they chopped it up. Like they chopped it up to fast forward They're doing the white man can jump, except that they didn't hustle them. It only works if you hustle the other team. You know, you're supposed to go into the rematch, pretending that. Uh, Still pretending, and I was kind of hey, even though we lost, we're gonna show you that we could have won. We won! We won! We won! We won! We won! Yes! We won! 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 Remember when these guys used to be IWGP heavyweight tag champions? Oh, Everyone they, they won the ROH World so Tag Title. Didn't even go into the fight. other part where they where they're like, actually, we know how to play, and they just and they, they, he starts shooting freaking three pointers and shit. I'm sitting there the whole time, like, but they already won the actual game. Yeah, too late for that shit. That's actually all that matters. Just so strange, right? 
the fuck is this the MVP and Matt Hardy angle? Like what? What? Yeah. Well, anything else of significance in regards to uh Raw? I mean, obviously. Uh, I mean, before we get to the Edge Orton thing, anything else? No, nothing really, right? Nothing really. Just fucking. They're gonna do it again, I guess. Yeah, they're gonna do it again. All right. Well, I'll look at that because we gotta. They, they put something up of that here too. So at least we'll get it all the fuck out of the way. Yeah. What do we got here? Uh, I've known you a long time. I know that look. I know that look. There is doubt in your eyes. But you got grit, don't you? You got passion. That's what brought you back to the dance. That's why you're in this ring with me right now. Grit and passion. But all your grit doesn't even come close to comparing to my natural ability. All your passion? Eh, That passion ain't going to knock off the ring rust. So this is after Orton apologized, right? Like he tried to apologize and say the better man won. Yeah. And then uh, he comes back. He's like, you know what? I can't do it. I swerved you. He doesn't exactly say it, but that's what he does. No chance in hell that your grit and your passion is going to help you now. Now you once went on record as saying that I was one of the best to ever lace up a pair of wrestling boots. You also went on record as saying that I am a future hall of famer and you even went out of your way to say that now that you are back on monday night raw that you are gonna make randy orton a better performer <laughs> so i think i think the story writes itself don't you uh, that is if you got the guts if you've got the guts then a backlash it'll be edge versus orton in a straight up wrestling match the feud nobody needed to see more of has now been extended. Right. Edge, I really wanted to see a response. new people in this. To like a fantastic state of the yard, never before seen real wrestling. Match. We have Edge and we're wasting them on old people, not old and physically well, sensitive. Gentlemen, if this so many new does happen, it may just be the greatest wrestling match ever. I wanted to hit that bitch in the well, throat when she said that shit. If it has her approval, right, then, then fuck it. I'm sold. You know, <laughs> yeah. she, yeah. I need, that's all I needed to hear. Good thing she was there for that. <laughs> I'll tell y'all something right now, all right? I, I, I ain't for the violence against women. When I tell you I wanted to hit her in the throat so hard. Greatest wrestling match of all. Bitch, really? <laughs> and good thing she chimed in on that. Oh, she deserved an RKO just for that. That felt so forced, right? Oh my god! When I tell you she said that, I, I when, you, when she said that, when I tell you, I'm so glad this is not one of the nice ones. The second is off the air, boom, Skype call. I had to walk out of the room for a minute. <laughs> I was like, nope, nope, I need a minute. <laughs> I refuse to believe this bitch just said that shit about Edge and Randy Horton in 2020. All right, we're done here, right? Yeah, <laughs> after that shit. <laughs> All right, great. Well, thank you everyone who's been here for this all of you people out there across the airways stasis dreams and willie v2 emang cool ice six slayer thank you guys also for the host you too sugar shane as well mark 710 johnny boy 2020 1684 welcome back sir amy rose haven't seen you in a bit good old chase and of course all of you listening across the airways and itunes stitcher tune in soundcloud google play freaking everywhere what's the other one you like podcast addict we're also there right yep all right we'll see you guys on wednesday for the party games on when it opens after aew 
on that note, we are out of here. And that was the greatest outro of all time. Shut it down.